Oh my God! It's episode thirty-eight of Hotline League. I know, I know. We were we got through the thirty-seven episodes of the show all to make it to this one. This one right here. It's going to be a spicy one. You know why? We're going to be talking about TSM, and that's all you guys ever really want to talk about. TSM, 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 TSM. That's what I hear you say. That's what I hear you say. That's what we're talking about in the show tonight. Plus C9, they're rising up. They're, things are going well. Uh, there's some other stuff too. You guys are going to dictate it, really, because you're calling in. So uh, all that and more coming up right now. Hotline League is brought to you by Omen by HP. All right, we're back on the show tonight, Monday, the 30th of July. Joined right now by two lovely people. We got Mark Zimmerman, my constant co host. How's it going, Mark? Hello, great, awesome. Love to be here. Love doing this show. Nothing else I'd rather be doing right now. You know, when you say it like that, it doesn't sound genuine. So I'm just really bad at faking enthusiasm, but it's it is there. Or like I guess I'm bad so at wait, expressing that, yeah, my, <laughs> yeah. expressing when you my say uh, faking enthusiasm. Too honest, right there, Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, did I let that one out? <laughs> How how's the desk? How's everything going? Are you kind of in the doldrums right now? There's nothing. Too exciting happening at the uh, on the LCS analyst test. You guys have settled in. Uh, no, I mean like every week we're usually doing some different things. So like we we got like this more like relaxed discussiony look for when we want to have more of like less of like a here. Let me tell you about this thing and more of like a let's discuss. We have like a some couch chair like really high armchairs. Um, we uh, we have a cool piece of software called Libro. If you've seen any of our segments that have like shit like popping up or getting circled or like moved around and stuff you know what what does that mean have you you not seen any of the like the segments where like uh, a champion will like grow extra big to highlight him or like we did one where we like removed a turret off the map and then like because the turret had like one hp and they were fighting like the turret was still there so we're like you can't do that when the turret only has one HP. Oh, so, like, I see. This is how they should have. Like, we have like a lot of. Is that when tech. you guys put Azale into the game? No. Oh. I would have said that. That's what I meant, Travis. Watching a lot of the analyst test, Travis seems like. We're also joined right now by Kelby May. <laughs> Kelby May, what is that shirt that you're wearing? It's the shirt of my former employer, which means to say that I'm no longer at Twitch. That's right. I am now a full-time Total War Warhammer 2 streamer, which is to say that I am full of time. I'm playing a lot of Total War Warhammer 2 and watching a lot of different streamers. So you're fired. No, I, I left the company, but... But if he had been fired, wouldn't that have been kind of like a <laughs> shitty way to bring it up, Mark? Yeah, he, he's so. trying to dodge. If he had been fired, he's trying to make a joke about how like he's just playing video games now. Yeah. And uh, Kelby's got thicker skin than that. He'd be fine. Yeah, I have enough Amazon stock to make me okay with that joke. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, but uh, so, Kelby, you're not talking about what we're doing next. Not not quite yet. Okay. Soon, it's not like some giant secret. It's it's. Then why is it a little of, secret? A lot of people do know already. It's just that I haven't spoken internally about like uh, how, how this to, is how this is being messaged or. And you, you know, don't think that Hotline League Hotline is League is the platform they would choose? Because I'm pretty sure it's the platform they would choose for the transfer. I mean, I will probably talk about it on Hotline League before anywhere else because I'm not gonna like do some like tweet or whatever. Yeah. You think they'll do that's like that's just a, lame. Are they going to do like a, a press release or something? Um, 
I don't think so. So then, I just, really, I mean, <laughs> what, what is the better platform then? This is the one place. No, no, I'm saying I will talk about it on here first. I'm mm. not going to like do some tweet or something like, oh, I left Twitch and I'm excited for my next new project. Because I love when people do that. They're like, just like, oh, give me attention. Tell me how good I am in the yeah. industry. Uh. I don't care. But okay. it's cool. I'm excited. Uh, Twitch chat th- cool. th- thinks you're joining TSM. Oh. Oh my God. It all makes well, sense. Bjerk tweeted that something was going to change or something at the end of the. Uh, I have been playing a lot of jungle in solo queue, you know? Well, they said you're going to be the mid laner, so I'm kind of here the for like, the Didn't you know Reddit, uh, from, based off Reddit, Bjerk since the problem, so you got to go and Really? Yeah. Ugh. I, feel, I feel more confident in replacing uh, Mike Young or Greg than, um, than Bjerk. Personally, you mean from your own skill set or from like if you were making the decision? Uh, from my own, well, like one one position you have to like lane against another person. The other person you just hit creeps, and you sometimes like show up as a surprise, and then you know it's so it's easy. And I just you know Bjork tells me where to go ward. Yeah, exactly. Do that like he just walks me around the map, and I'm just a little bot, and you know you hit your skill shots, and you're fine. But whereas the mid lane's hard. I'm glad that Reddit thinks that Bjerg's the problem, though. Right. They always have the right answers, I, I tend to find. You know what I mean? Yeah. Reddit, yes. They've they've been instrumental in teaching me how to be an interviewer. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's what else? Anything else going on that you, you can talk about? Yeah. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Total War Warhammer 2. You weren't playing Total War Warhammer 2 this past weekend, Kelby. That's I me. was. I played it last night. I played it last night. You weren't on when I was on playing. Were you, Travis? It's the right what place were you doing to air this, this, these grievances. Is this really where we're? It's more interesting than what's going Kelby on. Kelby was Black gone Black. all weekend well, watching we're his about girlfriend. One of the number one teams in North America, Kelby. No, they're not. Number one? Are they number one? They're tied. Okay, here's a better question, Kelby. Maybe, they, maybe they're number number three. Here's a better question. No. How did do you watch LCS more? Hello? There's Hello? a great question I have for you. Eight and four, and then what did they Sorry, sorry Travis, what were you saying? Kelby, what was your wife doing this weekend? Uh, my wife was getting wasted <laughs> up in that. So one of our good friends is getting married, or one of her good friends is getting married. She's in the wedding, so like they did like some girls trip up, which essentially is code for. The husbands are coming along, but the women all plan it. And what it turns into is like the women all get wasted doing wine testings and the guys babysit and like they got a limo and they're drinking the limo. And of course, the women are controlling the music playlist, all completely wasted, all singing shit at the top of their lungs. I'm just sitting there like sober as a as a fucking I don't know, just like staring out the window like (sighs) Thinking about Total War Warhammer 2? Yeah, just like, what what led me to this point in time? And I, yeah. But then at the same time, I was like, I'm earning so many brownie points. Like, there's so much shit I'm not going to have to do because I did this. Like, you can do it. You can power through. And then, like, we go out. They come back. They're all completely crashed out by 7 o'clock. Just passed out. All the dudes are there just hanging out like, okay. So, and then, so we ended up talking about, like, I don't know, boring... Are you stuff. are you actually like friends investment with accounts? What are you actually friends with these other dudes, or is it like uh, friends of friends basically? Friends of friends. Yikes. Yeah. 
They're they were like cool guys. One of the guys was like a former gaming addict, so that was nice. And addict? I was trying to get him. Yeah, yeah, like he has a apparently has a very addictive personality. So I was like trying to get him back into video games. You know what I mean? I was like, dude. He was like, so if I couldn't own a PC, you know, because I get too obsessed with it, like where do I go? Like a land cafe or whatever. And I was like, man, come on, you just got to come back in hardcore. Don't be a little bitch. You know what's more important in your life? Uh, you know, your wife's attention, happiness, your employment, or playing a bunch of video games. I know what I've chosen, you know? Like, and this is hop great. on board, dude. It's great because if your, you know, persuasion worked, yeah. your wife will never want you to meet any of her friends ever again. <laughs> That's true. Never go on these trips. So that was a great move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. I know. Just I, get uh, yourself I, blacklisted from the, these trips and then you're good. All right. All right. To the show. To the show. All right. So, uh, let's been what's been going on? Um, I guess TSM's been losing, which I think is is finally becoming a big conversation. Um, There's a four-way tie at quote-unquote sixth, but that goes all the way down to ninth. Yeah. And two of those teams have three-game losing streaks to get there in CLG <clears throat> and TSM. Isn't CLG on a four-game losing streak? Maybe it's four now. TSM is one in. TSM's one in five in their last six. Yeah. So, Mark, how do yeah. how do I know more about recent results than you do? I'm just curious. I'm still on like Saturday <laughs> prep. I'm just kidding. Like, I'm like, making jokes. I learn all these numbers for the show on Sunday, and I'm like, yeah, they're. <laughs> it's like they, you don't you haven't had your Saturday your, your next week Saturday prep so you don't know last Sunday. Well, it's, stuff. it's technically Sunday prep, I guess. Like we, we all meet after Saturday and we yeah. all like have a big meeting about what yeah, we're yeah, going to yeah. talk so about you're, Sunday. You're so all the, Sunday. All the numbers prep. in my head haven't been updated yet. Yeah, okay. <laughs> dude, dude, Team Snickers in third place though. That's and Optic yep. or Optics in fifth. Yep. Optics. Somebody yelled at me on Twitter because I said TSM falling, C9 rising. And some mm-hmm. and one of the, the viewers, one of the passionate viewers who I really appreciate because he's a nine month sub, was like, "What about Optic? They've been waiting. Why are you talking about a C nine instead of Optic?" I'm like, "Well, because um, who's talking about Optic? All right, um, hey, I'm talking about Optic. Let's Reddit's talking about Optic. You see, Doke Lab two front page interviews this weekend or something? I didn't. I didn't. Got two up there. No, I think. Did make you it, not interview Dokala? No, Travis? I took Sunday off. The greatest so, carry player in North America. So what people people don't know this, um, and I'll say it now, even though I'm worried about when this video is going to come out because Brendan is particular. Um, but I uh, went behind the scenes with Team Liquid on Sunday. So instead of doing interviews on Sunday, I I got to do basically like a ride along and film the whole experience of hanging out with them. So so you got to. Dick ride double lift some more for your content. Jesus Christ. Uh, did, <laughs> didn't I see you backstage, Mark? I don't remember. Maybe we walked past each other. Yeah. You just when I'm in the zone, Travis, these. I don't notice anything. Yeah. TSM. He's focused. Uh, CLG 303. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. I think Optics like two and six still. Uh. <laughs> Have they won four in a row? Yeah. Damn. They never had a 2-0 weekend in their history. Like, they didn't have any in spring. And then they had their first one last weekend and their second one this week. How how much in trouble would would North America be from, like, a brand perspective <laughs> if we sent FlyQuest, Optic, and Golden Guardians to Worlds? Um, Wait, how would we send 
we're not going to send those three. That's like, I mean, I got what you're saying. Like everyone is so neck and neck and like all these games feel like coin flips that like if that for some reason translated into a best of five and we sent these two or these three teams. Yeah. uh, I just, I don't know if I think they probably turn off the North American broadcast at that point in time. They just make it all EU casters. And I I think NA fans would be pumped because then they, Oh yeah, they'd be like, "Good thing TSN's not there to disappoint us again." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good thing we've got other teams to disappoint us. Yeah. Uh, Has any yeah. team not disappointed you guys? Yeah, from North America. Yeah. Wait, oh, Mark, hundreds I, in the chat I... right now sending sending sad faces about me making fun of Golden Guardians. Hunter <laughs> uh, should feel Kyrie? happy if we're, he were he should feel happy. We were at a point in time in North American LCS history where we are speculating on the idea that Golden Guardians can make it to Worlds. <laughs> Yeah, if you go from the end of last split to now, this is massive improvement. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What were you gonna say, Kelby? Uh I was I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna quiz you on whether or not you could name all of the optic starters, but I'm sure that you can. Because I was thinking to myself, can I name all the optics? Yeah, starters? there's like lemonation down there and uh <laughs> zig. <laughs> Uh, Mark's on spring split uh, prep for Optic. You know those numbers have it. Those that roster hasn't been updated in his mind. I've been watching a lot of Fortnite recently, guys. What could I? Oh dear. <laughs> Who's your favorite Fortnite streamer? I'm kidding. I actually am watching. Oh, okay. Never uh, but Ninja. Yeah, right. that's the easy one. You just throw that baby out there. Um. All right. So and we're having a lot of fun, but uh, I think some interesting topics for the show to kind of prep. Some of the callers. I think there's an interesting conversation to be had about TSM uh, because up until now, I think it was easy to sort of say like, well, TSM, you know, they're all taking trades. They're like certain points in time, they rise, they fall. Now they are three games behind first place, uh, which is pretty significant when you have only a couple more weeks left and it doesn't look like they're improving. Uh, conversely, I think Cloud9 is in an interesting situation where like they are actually kind of starting to show up uh, with the roster change and like could they make a run at it? Um, I think it'd be fun, by the way. It'd be fun. I'm going to throw this out there and whoever can conceptualize it this the right way, uh, Mark will pull, I'm sure. Talk about the League of Legends MMO that Mark, or Mark Merrill said might happen or asked about and then said never mind. It was just a joke, but I think it's an interesting conversation. I think we All should right. talk about it. If we're going to have that conversation, please have more to say than that thing that like got uploaded to the front page on Sunday, I think it was, when it was like, just imagine an MMO League of Legends edition. And then they literally said nothing about gameplay mechanics or anything. And they're like, can you just imagine being a Noxian assassin with Sharima armor and doing a quest? Uh, can you imagine that? And it's like, no, what it... That's not a game. Anyway, tilted the shit in my had like eight hundred upvotes. We got <laughs> that's that's the Reddit thread that makes you angry. <laughs> Out of all the potential Reddit threads, there, that's I, the one. no, there's a lot that do, but that one also yeah. made me angry. Um, I don't know. So there's that. Uh, I really don't want to talk about this Echo Fox Academy thing, but maybe Mark wants to handle it. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm down to talk about it, but just like, um. I don't know. I don't there's, even know what's going on. There's there. a TSM race, which is interesting. I don't know how much there's talk about that, but that's a thing that happened. Um, and then Smoothie to Echo Fox. I think that actually got announced right after we. Yeah, we missed that. Yeah. We missed uh, all the Echo Fox changes with like Loss coming up and yeah. yep. them kicking like half their team. There's also the Apollo Hakuho 
Lyra benchings for Piggy. Piggy's back in the LCS. Yeah. So there's yeah. a lot of roster stuff last week that we happened. haven't seen Piglet in a long time. Chaotic Blizzard wants to know Kelby's opinion on Total War Runeterra. Uh, the the Runeterra is the world that League of Legends takes place in, Kelby, so it would be like a League of Legends. Oh. Total War. I know you're not really up to date on the League lore, lore? Yeah. terminology. I was thinking RuneScape for some reason. Yeah. All right. Anyway, All right. Uh, Mark, you want to explain a little bit about how this works? Yes, I would love to. So for anyone who has not seen how this show works, I'll be spamming the Twitch chat right now with the Discord link. You're going to want to join up in Discord. And when you get there, there are going to be two channels you're going to need to join. There's going to be an audio channel called Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls 2. Join either of those. Uh, And then you can meet yourself once you're in there. And then in the Pleb Topics text channel, you're going to want to post your takes so ideally, we're looking for your opinion on something, not just a question, uh, and try and be a little bit specific. So if you're like, I think TSM is doomed, you know, try and say why. If you think TSM's fine, say why. Uh, if you think an MMO would be sick, say why. More than just like, I think an MMO would be sick. So can I actually you, know what wait, you're going to say when you get But on. Mark, can you imagine being a Noxian assassin, though? Can you just imagine, imagine being a Noxian assassin? Think about it. What, what's the game? Like, how do I play? Is it... So, like, Just you think wow. about Talon. You take contracts. Think about Talon, and that's you. Yeah. No, but you don't get to play as any of the heroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're kind of like that that character. Yeah. Okay. Once you're level, like, 350, then you're essentially as strong as a hero. Anyways, after I like no your topic, cap. I'll pull you into the waiting room. Uh, you'll hang out until it's your turn. Then we'll do a quick mic check, make sure you're good to go, and then we'll pull you into the call. And if you are a sub, first off, thank you. Uh, we've been we're we're climbing back up the sub ladder after falling for a little bit. Uh, so thank you for your support. Uh, you can hover over the screen and it'll tell you if your Amazon Prime sub is up. Uh, but being a sub does help you get into that sub chat uh, where you can put your questions. It moves a little slower, so it doesn't really guarantee you the ability to get in, but it it does give you a little bit of a better chance. So it's kind of our thank you to the subs of the show, also just supporting it. Uh, so Mark is pulling people right now. <clears throat> going, going real slow right now. It's going slow. Reason. You guys apparently don't, you don't have any. No, no, like there, there's a lot of t- topics. I'm just reading really slow. Yeah. I should yeah. drink my Red Bull. He's, he's slacking. Uh, how you doing, Kelby? I'm doing great. Yeah. Very good. I, was it, did how you intentionally you doing, wear Travis? a Twitch shirt on the day that you would be announcing no. that you're not at Twitch anymore? Or was it just coincidental that you put on? It's, no, it's kind of I just I, I like the shirt. Yeah. I like the shirt. It's a good shirt. Yeah. So I, oh, I just realized some people ty- typing in this thing are not. Uh, not actually in the, the voice channels. Yeah, you have to be in the voice channel, guys. Otherwise, we can't pull you. How's your campaign going right now, Travis? Uh, I had a rough start to my vampire campaign. Damn, there's like no one in the mm-hmm. voice channels. I can't pull anyone because apparently you need to. Um, when did you start it? You need to do it very uh, specifically. I think I started it Saturday night, and then I started yeah. to get my feet more underneath me. Actually, so Fanron said I had to go um, like turn two or turn three, take Drakenhof. Yeah, and I struggled with that for a while because I was I played Isabella, of course, instead of yeah Vlad. So I just it I mean I think it. it's the exact same for Isabella as it is for Vlad, essentially. <clears throat> but that that. 
all the armies are very different than any of the armies I've fought before because everything else has yeah. been like some yeah. soldiers and then some archers. Um, right. And that's not the case here, so it's taking a little bit to get used to it. Yeah. Uh, Mark is pulling our first person right now. They're pretty cool with all their monsters and shit, though. Did you They're see fun. Fenron got uh, donated $1,250 by one person? What's his name? Um, it's like shit Was it wizard. His usual shit, wizard. shit wizard. Oh, shit. Damn. Yeah, exactly. Did he donate for so him he, to he, he closed. It was Now he can go to TwitchCon. It's like the full amount he needed to be able to make it to TwitchCon. So. Damn, dude. So all Yo, last night... Wizard's a fucking boss. So all last night he was playing uh, the goblin lord that he hates, and he was getting... We got Poro Satan on, dude. Hello, Poro Satan. Yeah, return. Poro Satan, what do you think about Total War Warhammer 2? Um, not too much about it. Not really my type of game. All right, next caller. Yeah, you're not Thanks our for type being of caller. on, Poro Satan. Poro Satan, where, remind me where you're calling from. It's New York. Oh, you're cut in, you're, you cut in a little bit. Uh, what, where are you from? I'm so disappointed when he said it. Uh, Syracuse, New York. Syracuse, New York. Are you in the car right now? I am not. Okay. I don't know why it sounds so weird. Yeah, it sounds what like you're on the What are your thoughts on Carmelo Anthony? Um, well, he played I for went. Syracuse. Yeah, I went to that college. I, I feel like I can only say positive. I mean, he gave like almost a billion dollars to my school. So Did he really? Holy yeah. shit. What a <clears throat> god, dude. Okay. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight, Poro Satan? Well, first, I want to refresh everyone. Poro Satan was the, the guy who initially called in. I don't know if people saw on Reddit. There was like the, the repost of oh, I saw his that. call. Oh, he, he that was Poro Satan. Yeah, that uh, TSM would not make either finals and wouldn't make worlds. Yeah, and you look uh, like an idiot now. Poro yeah. <laughs> Satan, thanks for doing that. Uh, you got me what's called um, like a second round on YouTube, where you post a video and then it gets a second wind. You know, it's just it's, it's really nice of you to awesome. Give uh, extra happy to yes. So, so go ahead and uh, give your take. I just wanted to yeah. to remind people in case. Because you don't even go on Reddit, so you didn't know that that had like 500, 600 upvotes and was on the front Yeah, page I didn't. <laughs> That's really interesting to know, though. Yeah. Um, so what what do you uh, well, what do you got for us? So I'm really shocked that people are so surprised that TSM can fail this season because they're just basing this idea that TSM is always going to do well. When I think you can easily argue that last season it was. Biofrost and Doublelift that kept the team solid. I'm in no way saying that Bjergsen isn't good, but if you only keep two people and then you pull in people from Europe, it's not going to end the well. I mean, there was a period of time where Hanser was pretty hard carrying TSM. Uh, I don't, I don't think it was by the time they got to Worlds, but uh, Hanser helped them have a pretty good run there for a while. Mark, I mean, I, am I am I wrong in this? Well, I think the the Doublelift point is not necessarily wrong but it doesn't tell the whole story because there was a split that he took off and yeah, TSM he was gone for half last year yeah and they still won the split right yeah. so you know i don't think it's I, I agree that like he he's a very big factor and that makes a lot of sense but it wasn't like that team was double lifts team in fact he was on a different team that split for the last part of it and they still made it so even having double lift on a different team, on the team he's on right now, they were able to make it to finals. That is true, but I feel like NA is always on a different meta than everyone else. Like, funnel strat is happening a ton in Europe. 
don't really see it in NA. And then when Sven and Mithy came over, you know, Perks is not Bjergsen. And to just assume that someone that is a star in one region is going to come here and do well, doesn't always pan out. You had for a while when Huni first came over, he wasn't really doing that well in NA, especially right after Immortals went away. That's not saying Huni's bad player. He wasn't really fitting in NA. But what does this have to do with the the meta? Wait, when did when did Huni not fit in NA? Um, back like right after Immortals went away, because he was in he was in Korea. I thought. Did, he did, he fit so he fit he did fit not fit in, in Korea. Yeah, he was. Yeah, fitting. I guess you're technically yeah, but, right. <laughs> but wasn't there a period when he came back over with Echo Fox when they weren't winning right away? No, they were. Uh, no, as soon no, as soon he showed up. One. Yeah, they, uh, this they split right. arguably the past couple of weeks is the first time Hooney's ever looked bad in since he went to Fnatic in Europe uh, forever ago. You know, like he's he's always looked. Well, really let me put it this way: Why would you guys say that TSM is doing poorly this season? Well, so I don't, I, I didn't rewatch the segment that made it back on the front page. Um, but I just I, read some of the comments. I read but, the much like every uh, redditor. <laughs> Yeah, Mark I and I saw a controversial video, admittedly one that we were even in, and we didn't look at it. We don't no, know well, anything about it. We just read the comments, and Reddit disagreed with you still, Poro Well, so that's, that's <laughs> what I was about to say is, like, I didn't – I'm not going to say I remember what I said either because I remember based off – like, the, the Reddit comments jogged my memory. You were saying that, like, Svet, like part of the thing was you just didn't even think the people they were getting were that good. Um and that was where a lot of people took issue because apparently you said Sven is worse than Sneaky and Stixa, which I don't want to go into that argument again. But either way, I'm curious if I ever made the argument that like I somewhat agreed. Or So part of what it was is, again, just under how I tried what I was bringing up with how I think Huni plays different than anyone else top lane in NA. NA ADCs love to be super hyper aggressive in a way you don't see in Europe, and I didn't think that that playstyle would work here. But I also preface this with NA's weird, super aggressive playstyle that always screws them over in world. Yeah. So to that point, I think it's not like NA's bot lanes are all super aggro. Like Smoothie and Sneaky sometimes were, but Sneaky also has a, like a long history of not being super aggro. Same with All Tech, even though you know. He's gone now, but he's been on a lot of top four placing teams. Uh, there are some that can make it work, but I think the big thing is you need to combo it with someone who will be the aggressor if it's not going to be your bot lane. So, like, Cody Sun was not a super aggressive bot lane. His his numbers were, were like, pretty low for forward percentage and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, you need to have aggression somewhere on the map. And I think, to your point, that's something that, with that TSM roster... They were everyone was saying, well, Mike Young's gonna bring the aggression. Mike Young's gonna bring the aggression because it's not gonna be Bjergsen and it's not gonna be Sven and Mithy because back on G2, that was Perks who was the aggressor. And then Mike Young doesn't work out, and now you have no aggression on your team to like lead your playmaking in the early game. And I think that's that's the problem we're seeing now that I think you pretty somewhat correctly were talking about. Well I, also Poor thing, that, really quickly, just to get back to your initial take, which was I, you didn't understand why people thought this team was going to do well. I still stand like I think that TSM failing this year is one of the most interesting things about this year because on paper they should have done well. You've got Bjergsen, you've got 
uh, this historic you, you, Mike Young was like the, the biggest question mark and admittedly like ended up being the question mark which is I think where if I were you I'd be hinging my argument is like oh they've got this untested rookie like it's more competitive but like this was still a rookie that had shown promise uh, you know Hanser had always looked good and then what you import is the best in the West right people literally called them that with they were or if they weren't at least it was an interesting debate and you they have far more experience and they were on uh, teams that did incredibly well and Mithy supposedly had all this insight and all this stuff he brings it here it should be an award-winning formula uh, now again and again we've seen super teams fail and I think TSM could be considered like an attempt at a super team but uh, it, it is surprising that they have failed and I think is is one of the reasons why it's probably hard for them to figure out how to fix it what my guess would be because I was actually a big G2 fan but I was always under the impression that one perks is the aggressive one starting stuff but he was also the main shot caller and it's not saying that Sven is bad, but I almost think of him as like an attack dog that isn't told where to go when. Like he he's used to having a very good shot caller backing him, and I don't think Bjergsen was set to do that. I've, yeah, I've always heard that it was Mithy that was the the person. Well, sort of that's that's one of the big things that they uh, at least who knows how much they really did this, but publicly they sold the fact that the reason they were getting this bot lane was actually more for the Mithy half of it because they wanted an aggressive shot calling support. And the reason they brought Sven with him was because that dual lane has existed for so long together. And so, you know, if they thought it made more sense, they might've done double lift Mithy, but then they wanted to just bring the whole bot lane over. And so that's kind of how they, they sold it in, in the PR statements was like, he was uh, going to be a big vocal point was Mithy was supposed to be. Well, I, I also do want to preference because this is something that I couldn't see coming and this meta is super weird and I was I was actually one of the people defending Cloud9 when they did all these roster changes partly because I mean we're seeing a meta where Faker is even wanting to bench himself it's that is a factor that we have to admit because I'm not saying that like FlyQuest and Optic are horrible but some of the games it looks like there were just some flukes going on yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, maybe for a little bit it was that way where it's like, oh man, that was kind of a fluky way for TSM to lose. But I think it's like those kind of have like a cumulative effect that like after getting fluked on a couple times, you really start to like feel bad about yourselves. And that's what I think, you know, you saw, I think it was Cody Sun's interview potentially mentioning that where he said like it kind of feels like they're all losing faith in each other. We're like they had a slow start to spring and then they thought they were figuring it out. And then they also kind of had confidence and then they lost in spring playoffs and kind of like, oh, shit. And then they swapped their jungler and then things are still not going right. And I think it's over the course of the year tailed down to where there is a legitimate problem beyond like we need synergy and stuff. Kelby, do you want to close this out on this topic? You guys have done a super excellent job. Really? That's it? That's all we get from you? <laughs> I mean, what, what else do you want me to contribute here? Anything. Poro Satan, thank you so much for your call. Really appreciate it. Happy to be on. Congrats on being right before. Um, although I think it's questionable. Give us another. Give us your hottest hot take to see if you'll you, be right yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Next, next number two. Uh, um, Golden Guardians I, to Worlds. Uh, what is it? I'm. 
trying to figure out how much faith I want to put into them. I think Cloud9 will get at least third this split. So they'll get at least third, and then they'll be in the gauntlet having to prove themselves, right? Mm -hmm. I think they could go to Worlds. I have faith in Blabber, but I don't know. I'm also really confused what happened to Svenskaren. I thought he was good. I don't know what's going on This is there. the softest take ever. No. Without they could it, be good, no, no, maybe. No, no. Let, okay. Let me. Okay. Let me put it this way: If they stop pulling people out and swapping stuff around, they probably could be one of the top teams. I think they will hit that third place spot, but I also question what's going on there. Some, but I place them like above a lot of other teams. Okay. Still the I'll, softest take ever. I'll okay. say that's not that soft. It's just soft in comparison to your first take. I mean, they could get third is not no that's he not a take. Still, he okay. still get third. He, They'll he, get third. I think they can do better than third, keep, but Okay. Based based on thank you the so numbers. much for your call. <laughs> thank you so much for your lukewarm take. Congrats on being right before. I will uh, see you on a future episode. Hey. All right, moving on to our next caller. All righty. A uh, couple of shout-outs we got. Where were we at? Um, King Shady Lamp, Shadows, Mexi Beardube, Puny House, Frost Slasher, Reset for three months, Travis, you're the best, and I found out how NA could make it to Worlds, out of Worlds groups, and how Summer Split uh, made me have this idea. Rico Suave, 86193, Reset for seven months. Hey, hope everyone's going well. Just a quick question. Uh, that's not a quick question. Uh, Platypuses Zero, Noiru, uh, Wild Armed, FTY Zhao Blaze, Zarkonos, and uh, Real Foxy One donated $5 and says, Congrats to Kelby on joining the Chainsmokers to make them great again. Wow, he leaked your, your, new, your new project. I'm back. What happened? Dangoos, what do you got to talk to us about on the show uh, today? And first off, where are you from? Uh, I'm from Houston. Houston. Okay, thanks for calling in from Houston. What do you want to talk about? I'm here to talk about the MMO topic. The MMO topic. Okay. What do yeah. you What do you think? Uh, my basic take is I think it's gonna massively fail. Um, Riot Game haven't shown that they can innovate within the same genre, so I think that tackling something like an MMO, which have remained stagnant for the past however many long year. I, I fail to see why anybody placing fate in the Riot game being able to pull it off. So you think there's no way Riot could make an interesting MMO? No, I, um, because first of all, it, even if you talk about lore, their lore is a shit show. It's been retconned every time. <laughs> I, so I would have agreed with you maybe two weeks ago, but they've been rolling out the like crazy. Yeah, Tons but they do that. They do recently, this recently. Recently, they do. They, they do a burst a world out, out of it, though. Yeah, they do a burst of lore, and then they will go quiet. This I actually agree with the caller on the lore thing. They do a burst of lore, get everyone excited. Everyone's like, "Oh my god, look at this! They're telling stories. It's all flesh out." And then nine months later, they'll be like, "Um, never mind. Uh, actually, misfortune is a fighter a pilot. We have a map now." Okay. We've had maps yeah, so many times before. There used to be a map a in the client. Each location in that map, though, like, do they have enough story to even build like a third of that map? So can I can I enter, can I share my thoughts on this one? Yeah. So I think as far as actually Riot's ability to innovate or improve on an existing genre, League of Legends is a very good testament to how they are able to do so, uh, because they took Dota 
and they changed it and they made it the most popular MOBA game in the world. However, I do think that Riot undertaking an MMO would be a massive disaster because on the technology development and platform side, they suck. And that shit is real important for MMOs. Okay. Incredibly I, I think I can agree important. on that point there. I think my point is more on that rather than the gameplay aspect. I agree the gameplay is imp- like massively improved from the original Dota, but from client side, uh, I mean, it's in terms of event. Subjective opinion there. <laughs> uh, in terms of like how, how Dota running their event, having like extra game mode, anything like that, I think Valve is doing a better job at that. And I think an important part of the MMO is also having regularly released content and new content. Yeah, but they're good about that. They, they are really good about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but so I, I, just, think... I just don't think it would run well. I think that they would do a terrible job optimizing it. Well, all over so, the place. so the there's two ways to look at it. it. One, Riot surmounted technological challenges that nobody ever had to face before because it was the first game that was ever this huge. And yep. so, like, they've given pre- multiple presentations at, like, uh, Hadoop conferences and big data conferences and all this stuff on, like, like how they built out their ISP, all the crazy things they had to do. So I do think from a in certain areas of technology, they've done really well in terms of certain er- and, like, other areas where they've tried to develop, uh, like, client-side experiences and all that stuff. It is not good. Like, Clash is only the yeah, most was, recent example. That, that's yeah. what I was going to say is, like, I have no doubt that they could set up a server and have it have be great. And I don't even think like the lore would be that bad. Like they would obviously need to do a lot more with it. I don't, but like, I, I think a lot of like generic fantasy lore stuff is actually like not that complicated. And for the most part, it's about like giving people a fun world that they get engaged in and then they get attached to the stories, even though they're mostly like tropey uh, largely. But I think the clash problem and like how many projects get canceled at riot and like all those kind of things that happen would be like the reason the MMO would suck or never see the light of day is like, it's such a large undertaking anyways. And like, it feels like whenever riot tries to do something like that, it just doesn't just flops. So yeah, if they... throw a second point out there. Sure. In, yes. You guys thought. So since riot is under 10 cent, would you guys be okay with 10 cent creating an MMO with the leak IP. Well, Tencent doesn't really. I don't think Ten- Tencent just owns a ton of game developers. They don't really yeah, develop yeah, them so themselves. Like, but you you think like should Tencent take the League of Legends IP and give it to somebody else? Yes. I think uh, I would. I wouldn't say yes unless I knew who that other company was. Because like yeah. mostly, I think a lot of the companies that Tencent owns, they have stakes in like. Um, a lot of the, like the Western publishers, but they don't really like. I, I don't want them to give League to Blizzard. That would be weird. Um, and I don't think like Epic Games or PUBG or somebody like. Well, I just I think the bigger concern would be like if they do make it themselves, it becomes a very like Chinese uh, experience where there's like a ton of pay to pay to win type stuff and like all those kind of concerns like. I don't really like the Korean MMO experience. I used to play Lineage 2 a lot and like how crazy ass grindy those games are. And from what I know about Chinese MMOs, like I just don't think I would enjoy those. But if it does well for their own market, which is pretty by far the largest, like it's, a, it's hard to say no. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Here's here. What's funny is I think we all seem to agree that it would fail. Here's my reason why it would fail. 
Um, I think one, it's just super hard to make an MMO. Anybody, uh, so so I listened to the podcast this past weekend that Recful did with Mark Merrill, um, and in between Recful's strange laughter, I had Mark Merrill said something about how uh, he thinks that it would take like half a billion dollars to do it right. Um, because you, the amount of like innovation, like, because wow is so far ahead of everybody else yeah. and, or the amount of like investment you would need to make to like create a better experience than what they've done because they've got all this like legacy, um, and all like the, the process and all this stuff that it would just be such an enormous undertaking that like it would be insane to pull off. And, uh, you know, the risk is so high there. And so I think that's what it is, is that like, I just don't know if the world is ready for another MMO. I think the next big MMO will have to be something that takes place uh, that is so different from anything that we've seen so to date, like something that transcends all different platforms or something that's VR or something that is, um, you know, like something that involves you as a person in real life. Like there's just, it's just, I think it's gotta be something way wildly different. So we all agree. We all agree. It, it can't happen, but it's fun to think about. What do you what do you think the odds are that game two is actually an MMO? It's zero percent. Really low, right? Because yeah. after hearing what Mark said on the the podcast, and also uh, Mark, like they they released right released a uh, they kind of recanted. They stepped back and they were like, "Oh yeah, he was just asking a question," um, as the the Mark Merrill standard is. Uh, and so I think there's a zero percent chance. Like these guys need to release just something else at this point the last thing get something out that was a game was like that team that chogath eats the world yeah game yeah yeah let's get something else out first yeah get like a real show me you can do like a hearthstone or a mobile game or something that is and then and then get ready make me a goddamn league of legends gotcha game for mobile What's a gotcha game? Uh, League of Legends gotcha Summoners, game. War, Fire Emblem Heroes, Fake Grand Did Order. Did you know for a while, you they know, pulled it eventually, I don't know why, but they had a League of Legends tower defense game on when they first launched. Somebody there just made like a little League of Legends tower defense game, and it was, used to be on the iOS store, uh, and it's been long gone, and everyone's forgotten about it, but it was a, a game that you could play and download. Done by Ryan Games. Hey, thank you, Dan Goon, so much for the call. All right, thank you. Mark, we need, to, uh, we need to take a break for a second. We need, to, we need to get one more caller in? No. We need to get one more. We have contractual obligations to fulfill that we won't fulfill if we don't get another caller in. Um, <laughs> it's time to talk to you guys about something. You've heard me do the song and dance before, but I've got something different for you on this episode. Uh, because I've long teased, I've long teased that I've been working on something behind the scenes with uh, Owen by HP. And now I can tell you that coming out on August 1st, in two days, will be the debut of a show called uh, GG Well Played, or Good Game Well Played. Uh, it is a show that features, it's like a, a deep dive into a single individual, single competitor. Uh, the first episode is about Biofrost, uh, and I have a, a trailer to show you. I need Mark and Kelby to not talk while I show you this trailer because they won't be able you to hear it. You don't want a live reaction? They, you guys won't be able to hear it because the way the tech, like Skype, I can barely get Skype to do what it did three weeks ago, let alone me routing you guys audio. But, I can watch it off the stream and just be reacting 20 seconds behind. Okay, do that. Here we go. 
I wasn't really thinking about like the possibility of becoming a pro player. I had this whole like plan like mapped out and well obviously it's changed. Yeah, it's changed. I had no affinity for the game. I'm a competitive person, so I wanted to beat my friends. So I played the game a lot more. What do you think you're communicating when you're walking down here right now? I'm screaming, I'm flanking. This could be possibly the game winning team fight. Were any of those problems with you? Uh, the system that we had wasn't necessarily working. It's scary to think like any moment could be the last time that you're gonna be up there. So there you go. There's the trailer. Uh, yeah, I think uh, they really tried to... One of the goals for the show... Oh, I should leave that up. One of the goals, goals for the show was to create something that was... Uh, like... I'd seen like big production, really cool deep dives into teams or documentaries or stories. This is uh, all about a single individual um, and just helping Biofrost sort of tell his story. So it's a long interview that I do with him. And then there are moments where we step aside um, and like Amin from Obelix does like deep dives with him into, I keep saying deep dives, does uh, sort of a look at his gameplay with him. Uh, we have sort of like some more fun elements. So just some side conversations and it's all kind of with this one big interview through it. So I really hope that it does well. Uh, when you guys see it, if you, you go on Reddit and talk about it, uh, again, it'll be out August 1st. Uh, you can retweet it. All that stuff is really helpful because I think there's nothing to me. I can't think of a show that's been done like this where I'm like a single individual um, with this much love and passion poured into it. So, uh, look, it's the first episode. I'm not saying this thing's going to be absolutely life changing, but I think it's really cool. I think it's neat. I'm glad they did it. And uh, it was it was cool enough. They helped me. I, I got to pick um, uh, or I got to help. Uh, pick the first person and I think Biofrost is a great example of this because people don't know his story too well um, it's kind of a new rookie so either way coming out on August 1st stay tuned for that and uh, go check out the Omen by HP YouTube channel which I will drop into chat right now you can go ahead and subscribe to it and then you'll see that that's where it's, it'll be dropping so it'll be there not my YouTube channel but uh, if you are watching the VOD right now you can um, click the link over and, and check it out Moving on to... Uh, I have call. a question. Yeah. Why, what was up with some of the letters being all squishy? The letters being squishy? Squished out, like flattened. Like there's an E that was really long. I I don't know. I don't see, I don't see what you're referencing. I'll have to oh. talk to you about it later because I don't... Okay. Great I, plug, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> I, I waited until it was over before I asked that question. Yeah, I'll get the next guy. All right. Uh, we need to on. talk to Mark about not getting up and leaving during your sponsor plugs as well. Uh, the, I don't mind him doing that because they're really they, I handle the plug. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like a lot you know, of my content is based off of uh, a, a a network called like the Twit Podcast Network, uh, run by Leo Laporte, and he actually like his guests can go do other things or whatever when he's doing the plug because they're not. Like, owned by HP sponsors the show. They sponsor me. They don't necessarily right. sponsor Mark. So I think it's okay. Um, well, everyone is... So you're saying Mark's replaceable. Font. Everyone's replaceable, Kelby. 
There you go. He's in here. Campion Seventh is here. He's a Twitch sub. Am I pronouncing that right? Yes. Okay. Campion Seventh. Wait. What? Yeah. Go. Go. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you were gonna say something. Now, because I have the thing linked up also, so it kind of echoes. Oh. I'll lower it down. Okay. Uh, thank you for being a Twitch sub. Really appreciate it. Is that, uh, oh, it's like an anime meme is your icon on Discord. What, where are you calling from? What? You don't know Satima? Do you, That's how you pronounce his name, right? Yeah. <laughs> that would actually be really Saitama. Bad. Yeah, Saitama. Okay, I'm from Oxnard, California. Oxnard, California. Okay, so not too far. What do you want to talk about on the show? How can we, NA, get out of world's groups and how the summer split made me think of it? Uh, sorry, can you elaborate a little bit more? Basically, how when I thought of this question, I was thinking more of IMT 2016, where how Adrian's like so bottom por- bottom uh, group of champions were different than most of the world. So when they faced like in all NA teams, they smashed them up. But oh, mostly, I see. So you're saying. Yeah. What yeah. team, teams, uh, IMT was an innovative team, yes. and thus maybe other NA teams that are trying to kind of get out of the slog or the mess or the mire that is uh, the standings right now of NALCS, they should be looking to innovate more. Yeah, because when CLG went to uh, MSI, they took his pull and they kind of smashed them. Basically, Aframu with Stixay, both being a great bot lane duo, managed to wipe them kind of get like good standings and then also with Aframu's own iteration of his pool managed to also help him go above and beyond there everyone played well in that team smithy his great uh dragon like play with kindred darshan top lane uh who he innovation and having so his pool being kind of good having the aurelian soul that no one played all of it made it so that way they could get high in the standings, but with the innovation, which IMT did, help them kind of have the edge because mostly in that meta, most of all the other worlds was not playing ranged supports, which I like. I reviewed it a little bit to back it up. And once that kind of happened, most of them like kind of, you know, expanded their pool, bring out some other stuff and kind of did it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, that was the, Go ahead, Mark. that was the big story with, CLG was in group stage. They played a lot of range supports that no one was familiar with, and then Aurelian Soul as well, giving them a lot of like. They played with more priority than any other team at that tournament was playing with, and it gave them a big advantage. So, Mark, we've talked about this a little bit, and that we, especially at the beginning of the split, were disappointed in North America, um, and that Rift Rivals kind of highlighted a lack of innovation from North America. Um, I don't want to say the word Heimerdinger because I say it so many times. But uh, did you guys know Deftly had Heisendong give him lens? Anyway, so we we had this conversation about uh, all this in, in some sense. But do you think do you think that right now North America should start trying to really push itself and try different champions, different roles, uh, really mess around a bit? So there was a really interesting. Uh, desk interview we did with JJ where he was on the analyst desk helping break down a game and one of the things he talked about how was like the one of the things he thinks made the bottom teams from last split high in the standings right now in this split was that like none of the top teams 
scrimmed them. Like all the top teams mostly scrim each other. So like, you know, TL is playing Echo Fox and 100 Thieves for the most part and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, definitely hinted at that. He said TSM is elitist with their scrims. Right, which like a lot of teams in each region only want to scrim the best teams. But sure. what they were saying was Golden Guardians, Optic, FlyQuest, uh, all kind of developed their own meta that they had a read on compared to the top teams. And they think that they had a better read on the meta than the top teams who were like less prone to innovating. And so that resulted in kind of what you see in the standings now where a lot of those teams are actually doing better than the, you know, some of the top teams historically. So I think it's a, a pretty interesting idea about like needing to innovate. It's just, you can't just innovate for innovation's sake and just be like, look at this wacky pick I found. Like it, it needs to also make sense. And I sure. think that's, that's but if the you're the bottom part. teams you and you can't get access to the top, you can start looking at what they're doing and start trying to kind of break them uh, by pulling out different picks and all that stuff. Yeah, well, I think it's also partially, I don't want to say luck, but like someone has a good idea and like they just start doing it, you know, and like yeah. it's it's like once that gets exposed, like the Heimerdinger thing was like, and I don't, I know you don't want to talk about it, but like in Europe, Hjarnin played it. And Hyarnin yeah. was like, showed that whole region, like, look how fucking broken this is. And then, like, NA, once they saw it in Europe, should have tried it more than they did, but they didn't want to, aside for Deathly. And then when Rift Rivals happened, then they kind of jammed it down our throats and we had to respect it. And even now, there's really only Deathly still playing it. So I think, like, it can be hard to find that innovative pick, but, like, once you see something that seems really strong, like, you should probably try it. Yeah. Instead of just saying like, oh, well, that only works for them. Tell me thoughts. Yeah. And I think, too, it's not just like necessarily about one or two picks, but finding like the combination of meta picks that really, really work for your team and getting like honed in on them. Uh, I think like in all games, we we see the same sort of scenario where like teams just feel super comfortable with what they're playing and uh like to a certain degree like you have to if you're just always trying to copy what you think is best and you don't really have your own take on things then you're you're never i don't think you're ever going to be fully comfortable in what you're doing um because really you're just trying to imitate imitate somebody else instead of you doing your own like comfort play or, or on your read on like what's what's good and it's not just in league like we see it all the time in, in other games as well yeah that, that said like you still have to you know branch out sometimes because this weekend tsm yeah. played like their most comfort shit ever even though it's like not very strong in the meta where they had like nar syndra ezreal brahm and like those are all like okay some of them are pretty good but they just like went super comfort and they still lost and it's like all right yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's still, like new. I said, comfort meta picks. Yeah. Uh, Infernal says Heimer is largely ignored and has a zero win rate in LCK. They haven't been dicked by it yet. I swear to God, like they're they're just they they're not like these gods of like I don't know how to put it like maturity or anything that like people think they are necessarily. So like they see like they, I don't even know if they know it's worked in Europe. Maybe they saw it and they're like all right, we tried it, but none of them are good at Heimer. Like the same reason, like it happened in NA where like a bunch of people in NA tried it, but they didn't like really learn it correctly. Korean coaches are going to fly Heisendong out for a, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is like, if they didn't, if they didn't put that effort in, they're not going to respect the same way they didn't respect 
NA at 2016 Rift Rivals when it's like, what the fuck are they doing with range supports? That's so dumb. And then they get dicked on by range supports and they, they then they pick it up. You know, like they like a lot of Korean strategies are stolen from China or stolen from other places. Like even the Zig's bottom thing was actually started by Shifter. And then like Korea did pick that one up. But like they're they're not I don't think Korea is inherently a more a innovative region or anything like that. What if, Mark, what if we've already thought the R1 tricks have been holding us back? What if R1 tricks are a resource we should leverage? The moment some zany pick shows up, we we get the one trick to just coach everybody in the NALCS on it, and then and then we we're just all ready for worlds because we've got like the experts, we've got these people training, one tricking in solo queue, learning exactly how to do it. People like Heisendong, we're gonna figure it out. Mark, yeah, maybe. Uh, I think it's like there's a lot of champions in the game, so you're not gonna be like, hey, all 111 best champion mains. I will interview each and every single one of you and you will talk to me about AP Trinomir, which has done all right in solo queue. And like, you know, like you can do that. I just think that's you're like, you'll never learn all the champions. So I think people should adapt more, like innovate a little bit more than they currently do. A lot of these teams, especially at the start, we're not doing enough. Um, But I don't think you can just be like, innovate more. Yeah, there you go. And then like, that's that's the outcome you want. But that's not how you get there. Right. Campion 7th, thank you so much for your call. No problem. Thank you. Guess it. Everything I wanted to say about it. Nice. Have a good one, man. And no problem. Thank you. Thanks, dude. All right. Uh, catching up on some uh, hookups from people. Uh, Zafar subbed meddling kids, reset for five months. Uh, Regex subbed for two months, sponsored by Regex for a second month, is what they wrote. Crunchy Koala and tip subbed uh, T Alexa 79 sent $15. People don't donate anymore, so thank you. Hey, Travis, was just wondering if you're going to have an event in the Bay Area when finals comes. Looking forward to your future content. Also, shout out to Rob Berteau. I probably not, but I'll be there. Uh, and then you T Alexa 79 also subbed. Uh, Braxton subbed Dagami, my friend, donated 169 bits. There we go. Davidson, prolific. <laughs> Hotline lead caller Davidson. Kelby's favorite. He's on. Kelby's he's favorite. on like every single episode I'm on. Wait, what? I haven't been yeah. on there for like several months. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Neither have I. A, we've had some guests. Yeah, Kelby, so. I came back for you, bro. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> Davidson, what time is it in Sweden right now? Uh, ten past six. You are in Sweden, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ten past six. Okay. And and again, do you stay up for the show, or like, why are you up at ten past six? So I've had really bad uh, rhythms in my uh, sleeping schedule. Okay. So okay. I've just uh, been up nice. this night. Well, what do you got for us tonight? I want to give you my take on why the ADC nerves, the ADC nerves, and meta changes hurts the Western teams more and will ultimately set us further back on the international stage. Go for it. When you say Western, you mean NA and EU? NA and EU, yeah. Okay, okay. So, NA and EU have always chased after Korea in uh, macro. I think everyone here would agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and... uh... Wait, I'm sorry, lost my breath. No, you're fine. It's early in the morning there, so I understand. <laughs> Been away for 30 hours. You're talking yeah. about uh, ADC nerfs impacting Western teams. Yeah, so Korea have a 
a lot higher individual skill cap and they don't have the inconsistencies that uh, EU and NL players, or especially NL players, have. And uh, you can see that in just watching what N and EU teams are playing. They're, they're still playing the ADCs that are in meta, quote-unquote. But in LCK you see that when mages are up, they usually take it when the meta mages are up in the bot lane. And that just gives them a much higher uh, level of gameplay. And especially in NA, you can see that this shift in the meta, where it just became chaos everywhere, led to the, to the downfall of macro also. And just the uh, nerves, nerves to uh, like towers, being easier to just rush through base. You, you we have seen three <laughs> rushes of bases in uh, uh, in LCS. I think just this week. Yeah, the base races. Yeah, yeah. and I, I just I just see this like overlying thread that the Western teams will just have it much rougher than the Korea. Korean or Chinese teams would have. I mean, we I, always uh, have it much rougher than the Korean and Chinese teams. That seems to be a common thread. But uh, is yeah, but I think we have caught up a lot to the Korean team, Korean teams in the recent like just year in macro plays. But I think this fucked us up so badly mm. that we we just set us back like until season four or something again, <laughs> where we had like no fucking chance. I. Uh... I kind of agree, kind of disagree. I think, at least for e, uh, EU, might be all right. Like they have some, I think, yeah, good yeah. teams. But for NA, the I think we don't have like the fact that we don't have any like standout teams is kind of like sad. Um, I think like as much as parity is cool and like everyone's around the same skill level and who knows who's going to win. I also think like you should have dominant teams and those are the teams that will like best represent you. And it's not clear that's not a good sign. Uh, like. Yeah. Stuff like that. So part of that is the meta's fault, but I would still say that I would rather go into worlds with a little bit of a more open and broken down meta than a very well-structured one. Because to your point, I think like the Korean teams are much better about preparation and things like that. And uh, just like how structured they are, how on the same page they are and like the best way to beat them I would hope would be to break down their ability to be comfortable. And like you saw that with like the Leona pick and going back to the 2016, uh, Rift thing again with range supports and the really in soul stuff. Like, yeah, I think, you know, if they're not ready for Heimerdinger and like, I know they're, they're aware EU's playing it, but if they haven't really scrimmed against like the Heimerdinger fiddle and like, they're not ready for it. Like, you know, I think those, those are going to be the kinds of things that, would allow a Western team to outperform a Korean or Chinese team. So, yeah. uh, excuse me, 20, 2016 MS, MSI to chat, brain fart. But yeah, I would say, like, I agree that the meta has made NA domestically worse and lowers their chances because everyone just, like, looks bad right now. But I would still rather head into Worlds with a shaken-up meta than, like, an ardent sensor meta. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, I'm just, I, and I can't speak too specifically to sort of the more in depth part of Davidson's question since I 
my analysis is lackluster at best when it comes to to that level of gameplay in the league. But I don't know. Uh, part of me, part of me feels like every year we come in, we feel a little bit more cockier, we feel a little bit more swaggy. We got some top tier teams that cleared out everybody. Everything was good. <laughs> we got this. We got. We're like, oh, this is it. TSM fucked up last year, but they got it this year. Um, and then you know, I do my interviews. Faker says. I've never encountered a team like TSM before in all my time scrimming. They will win worlds, and then they just uh, fall apart. So I am hopeful that somehow the opposite happens this year, where everything looks like a disaster, uh, and then somehow and everybody writes off North America, and then we do well. Because that's what allowed us to do well at 2016 MSI, was everybody wrote off CLG. Stix A did this interview. What are, you, are you attacking the cat? What's going on? All right, whatever. We lost Mark. Um, and and then CLG did really well. So I I don't know. That's that's my hope. What happened, Mark? Did you not hear my cat meow like no. one inch away from the microphone? No, I didn't hear that. <laughs> oh, I didn't know if my – he like jumped up on the bed right next to it. And I just like meowed out. into the microphone? I wish that had happened. Yeah, I didn't know if it got picked up, so uh, I was like, I just got to throw it out of the room. That's impressive. Uh, but, Mark versus the cat. Don't, is you, the f- don't you think that uh, an open-up meta just leads to chaotic games? And do you really enjoy watching chaotic games? Uh, within reason, like, I don't like watching, like, how 100 Thieves lost, because I was like, that was just stupid. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I actually thought the FlyQuest TSM one was a situation that broke down from, like, at the end of the day, good play. So, like, we were talking to JJ after the game, and he's talking about, like, oh, man, I should have been Tom Kenching to side lanes faster, and then we realized it in-game, and then we, we pulled that play off. And we had double Mountain Drake, and we were, like, pushing faster. And, like, you know, you saw Sven understand it, but then TSM weren't all on the same page. And then, like, it was good by Santorin and Keen to, like, cancel the recalls. Like, I think, depending on how chaotic we're talking, I think it's all right. But if it's just, like, pure stupidity, like, like, like I'd say, like, I liked ANX's level of chaos. Where, like, they did a lot of, like, they did brand support. And I think they did Elise support. And they did, like, a lot of dumb shit that just put people off guard. Yeah. Um and like I think that's an acceptable level of chaos versus like some of the stuff we're just seeing in NA right now. But I just think this uh, meta right now is at that stage where the chaos is just out of control. Yeah, potentially, yeah. potentially. I'm very curious to see what happens. Uh, Davidson, I think we do have to move on, unfortunately. But I want to appreciate your thank you so much for calling in. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, sorry for rambling. I'm like. For for towers. No, it's Without all stay. good. It's all good. Uh, yeah, thanks, good man. One. Yeah. Yeah, see ya. All right, we got uh, Bobacola gifted a sub to OPTSM fan. Uh, thank you, Bobacola. It was always for your support. Sir Malefact subbed. Uh, E.G. Huck subbed. E.G. Huck. You know E.G. Huck, Kelby? I do know E.G. Huck. Well, he subbed. He subbed. Uh, Was it a real sub or a gifted sub? No, he actually sent his prime in. Oh like, wow! Oh, him. you got his prime, dude. That's that's some special. Not a regular sub, his best sub, his prime sub. Yeah, if only I had more prime subs. Uh, finally, killing you guy gifted a sub to Mind Games Weldon. Speaking of Weldon, he's joining us right now. Weldon, where in the world are you? I am in a gym in Finland. In a gym in Finland. Are you getting 
strange looks from other people in the gym in Finland as you speak English into a phone? No, it's like 7 a.m. There's nobody here. Okay. I think I'm, yeah. I think I'm actually the only person in the gym. Are you working out while talking I to don't... us? Well, I'm, I'm paused now. Okay. But, uh, well, you yeah, can I keep was doing going yoga, if you want. hoping that it would improve the drafting of TSM. You know? Okay. <laughs> I just uh, want to hear your call through like bench reps. Yeah, exactly. You're like, <laughs> I think that. Um, either way. All right. Well, I'm at the squat rack. So here we go. All right. Uh, well, Weldon is on the show. Thank you for calling in, Weldon. It's, uh, I'm excited to hear uh, what you got to talk to us about. I'm guessing yeah, it's TSM. Lurker. I'm guessing it's TSM related because there are a few people in the world that love talking about TSM more than Weldon. It's uh, it's C nine related. Oh, really? Okay, all right. Here we go. <laughs> what you got for us? Um, I think that uh, like the move that Reaper made was really gutsy, and I think that um, the fact that they were able to like continue bring stuff around despite the uh, like I they put out one PR piece right, and then after that they just went radio silent, and they just kind of like kept experimenting. And um, and now they're winning again, and uh, I but think that they're winning. This, they brought back Sneaky, right? Which is fine. Uh, like I don't have anything against Sneaker okay, Jets, and I think that they're great players. And I think that the more important thing here is that they took like a LCK style approach of just like, hey, let's. I mean, let's try benching everybody. Let's try this. Let's try. The the most important tool of traditional sports is the bench, and the most important mindset for using it is you have to be willing to lose games in the short term, to win in the long term in order to use the bench properly. And eSport teams are afraid to do this because players have so much power. Um, and that's fine. Like, I think players should have a lot of power. I think maybe in North America they have too little power, which might lead to some of the problems we have compared to EU. But um, but I think the fact that, that this team was willing to kind of like use the bench in a way a traditional sport team or an LCK team might do bodes well for their future and maybe the future of academy teams in NA if, if more people, um, if more if more staffs can, you know, do this kind of mix and match with, uh, with high profile players. On the other hand, I think that it seems pretty important in eSport more so in regular than in regular sport to have like personalities on your team because what you're really selling is, you know, the viewership. It doesn't seem like winning matters as much as, as having a, you know, a team that's team. fun to follow to sell. Yeah. yeah. Do well, you, I think that that would have been ahead. an interesting thing. Like if like, let's say C9 never makes the moves and they just like tank to eighth and they stay at eighth. Like, I wonder what they're because I, I think they took a massive like, you know, perception of fan hit when they did all that stuff. Uh, like their subreddit was raging at them or whatever. Like, I wonder what would have happened if they had done the changes in their eighth and at the end of the season which has better fan connection slash like morale afterwards. Yeah. I, I feel like there's no way to predict that without, you know, seeing it. Cause yeah, we've yeah. seen cases of teams do super well and fail at the top, like immortals, you know, they, they crush the season and they fit like choked out of both playoffs and people loved them kind of anyway. And then you have TSM that like will crush the season and fail, you know, at the top. Uh, well, you know, historically, not this season, obviously, and people hate them for that. Um, I don't know. Are there historically like weak teams that that like man, maintain fan base because of personalities that were winning before? Yeah, I don't know. My era of CLG. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> CLG is a perfect example of that. 
but I, I'm just thinking, Weldon, about your reference to like benches being so important to, well, not so important, the most important thing uh, to like traditional sports teams and how they're able, just because like, I can't imagine that like the LeBron Jameses and the Kevin Durants are in the position there are because of the bench, right? Um, they are able to self and like Jadong and Flash, even though they're individual players, or like even Faker, uh, I don't think they're necessarily motivated or the tool that they have because of the bench. Like those guys have enough internal drive that it just like doesn't stop for them. But I, I think certainly in the case of esports, we see periods of times where you have these players that are incredibly motivated and then they get to that point as a result, but then maybe you have like a sneaky Jensen smoothie scenario if we're, you know, to believe the the communication that we've received from Cloud9 and, you know, it takes a trip to the bench to get them fired up again. I'm curious, though, if you think that that's something that is a long-term fix or just, like, a short-term motivator, but then, like, if if a pro player starts to really lull into that kind of state where they need the bench to be motivated, is that a signal of kind of future attitudes for the rest of their career or? Um, so there's, there's kind of two ways to look at this. Uh, one is like, uh, so to answer the question directly, mm-hmm. um, yes, it's a short term motivator because motivation is an emotion that goes in cycles. Yeah. Like it comes high and then it comes low. Yeah. And, um, and so you, you, you kind of think of the bench as a way of like helping out a friend who happens to be in a low motivation cycle you know, without firing them. Uh, I think that's kind of a healthier way to look at it. Um, mm-hmm. And you use it as a temporary boost when it's needed. And some people have longer cycles, you know. If, if, you're, if you're a rookie and you've got something to prove, you might go for a year or two with high motivation, and then you just have a ball. So I think that that kind of regular use is normal. But I also think that that's like a tier one level. I think that most usage of, like you were talking about LeBron James, right? I don't think yeah, that yeah. The, he would ever be benched now. But I think the bench is the what you use when you're forming an athlete, like at the, you know, like at the amateur level, the semi-professional level. Yeah. And um, and so it could be that you know it was used at particular times throughout his history to kind of craft him into the, you know, amazing player that he was. Yeah. We don't really have that so much in esport. But I think like we also don't have set team cultures. Alluding to something a caller was saying earlier about. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, you were saying this about how like a team should kind of all in on their culture for the comp that they're playing as like a better way to win. Mm-hmm. I think that there's not a lot of coaches that say like, this is my, our team's philosophy and this is our team's culture and we'll use right. the bench. Even if you're high motivated, even if you're good, we'll use the bench as a way to craft the culture. If you do something like super too high ego or too anti-cultural, like we're willing to like the Minnesota Vikings, like trade out Randy Moss for a subpar wide receiver just because he didn't fit the culture of the Vikings. And um, to- to that point about like the LeBron James and stuff, it's like some of those guys are so successful in who they are because they don't rely on the, like the bench as motivation or something like that. And like, I think you could argue someone like Bjergsen is that way where it's like, yeah, you don't ever need to threaten him with the bench because that dude is so good at like being so self-motivated himself about improvement. And then like, it's the other people around you that that need that extra motivation potentially, and that can help yeah. keep them in line. I, I but I'm, take... I'm just curious if teams that are filled out with rosters like that actually are going to be winning teams, or if you need a team that is largely... I think diversity's good. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe that's why so many super teams fail. It's because, uh, you know, you have a bunch of people like Bjergsen and Faker, and then maybe it just doesn't work out. The Golden State Warriors, for example. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair count. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. I, but there have been a decent number of super teams, especially in esports, that have failed. Well, I think one of my biggest challenges was the double lift Bjergsen team. Like, I think that, you know, they had really clear cut ways they wanted to navigate, and they were both, yeah. you know, super alpha and super motivated. Right. Um, and merging that into a single unified team culture was was kind of like the solution. So I I want to take a couple steps back because I do think that there will be some people that listen to this call and say, "Well, wait, the Cloud9 thing didn't work. Uh, they were losing, and now look, Sneaky and Jensen, my favorite players, are back, and they benched that Sven Skarin guy who was the problem all along. And oh, it sucks that Smoothie's gone." But like they, they, people will say like, oh, they just kept losing until these guys came back. They should have just had them on the roster all along. What what would you say to people like that who who sort of dispute the idea that the bench even helped? I mean, it's a fair argument. I wouldn't I wouldn't argue against it. I would say that I think it's more important that they have the guts to make the decision in the first place, and that's what the move revealed to me. Okay. Uh, that, yeah, that, it, that means in the future they can they can do it again. And I think it might be a bit of a chicken or the egg thing where it's like you don't know that Jensen Sneaky would have been winning right. without Sven there. If that's I mean, look at Jensen's doing. solo queue when he was on the academy team. I mean, it was it was insane yeah. the amount of games he was pumping out compared to be just like literally seven days before. I would so. be super curious to hear from you, Travis, in an interview with these players at the end of the split, like, you know, once some time has passed, not immediately after. I mean, I've, I've requested Sneaky. Uh, there's a reason I haven't done an interview with Cloud9 since this. It's because I request Sneaky every time and get denied every time. <laughs> well, I'm just saying I would be interested to see it because I'd like to know if they felt like it was a big change for them or not. I know I know, in the time they were memeing, but you know, maybe they had some critical reflection or time on Academy and it, it did amp things up for them. I don't know. Well, or maybe they feel like they were just the same the whole time. As soon as I can get the sneaky interview, I will hopefully let you know. Um, no, I mean it's an interesting take, and I like it's funny, Weldon, because your your take is the same as the one that I had whenever it first happened. I think Cloud Nine fucked up a lot of the PR around it by having that video get released and all that stuff. But um, and and of course nobody likes a losing team, but I I do think that it's important to be able to bench players, even popular players, in the NALCS. And I think it's one of the things that um, the abolition of relegation has brought. And I I think it's I think it's good. I, I, I teased you about making it about TSM, but I'm very curious. Do you <laughs> think that, like, there is a world where TSM should have been willing to, like, expand out their roster more and experiment with more players? Because they've pretty much stuck with everybody. They just... It's even in a world where they, they communicated the Mike Young thing, the way a lot of teams communicate, like the departure of a player. How many times have we heard, oh, it's a six-man roster, and then you just never see this person ever again. They go away forever. Um, but what do you think that, that TSM should have been, learned something from the C9 situation and been willing to make more risks there? Yeah, I think it's, it's probably even more in a best-of-one season to be able to do that and I to, to like swap and experiment more. Um, 
And uh, I think that maybe if C9 and, and Echo Fox are successful with like redeeming their seasons after the swaps, we'll see teams consider their academy rosters like more carefully yeah. next split and put together like you know options. Um, I think you're kind of limited to your academy versus like it's really hard to find you know high quality free agents in the off season. Yeah. So I think it, it matters. It's it's kind of a question that needed to be answered back in December, November, you know, during recruitment. Because um, yeah. I don't I don't really know much about TSM Academy or how like how good it would be to experiment with them compared to the C9 Academy. I mean, I, I guess I only heard about C9 when I watched them on on the LCS stage. But uh, I mean, they were they were pretty different. Like TSM Academy has always been like a little bit of a letdown. They have what should be good players based off names, but they just don't work as a unit yeah, that sounds and, familiar like, yeah it sounds familiar we're a c9 <laughs> academy uh they were one of the the clear-cut top three teams in academy and smash uh, games, okay so, yeah interesting hey weldon thank you so much for the call really appreciate it. anything you want to mm-hmm. shout out plug or anything at the end here thanks for the show keep it up yeah thanks man okay. enjoy thanks, the rest dude. of your workout i hope you enter your zen state and you can uh, oh yeah everybody that's my plug go work out yeah uh nighttime workouts are great if you're EU early morning, crush it. Nice. Have a Thanks. good run. Thanks, Walden. Have a good one. You too. Hey, that was a great call. Thank you uh, to Walden for, for hitting us up. I think that was a good discussion. Uh, and one, I'm surprised. It's funny. When Walden calls in and says, I think C9's decision to use the bench was a good one, the chat gets all thoughtful and quiet and just listens. But if that had been some not- guy named Joe from West Texas... Who's like, yeah, I um, I think everybody would have been like, hang up, hang up. The callers tonight. Why does Mark pick these people? I'll to call it. <laughs> to be fair to Twitch chat, I bet Joe from Texas would not be as eloquent or as storied of a person in the scene. Yeah. As Weldon, who has a fair amount of experience and is relatively eloquent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Joe wouldn't be like, I'm in a gym in Finland right now. I was in the middle of my yoga meditation. Let me tell you about C9. <laughs> okay. Uh, what else? We got uh, Boba Cola gifted a sub to Alir. I haven't seen Alir for a while. Thank you. Uh, it's Volks resub for 11 months. So it's Travis that Jack is fire. Uh, it's Volks might be on the lead there. We're coming up on our one year anniversary. Uh, Ginger say what subbed? Daniel uh, N92 resub says, love it. Gonna watch the crap out of it. Also, also, everyone tweet to get Travis on the dive. That's not my campaign I'm starting. That's Daniel N92. Rockin' Rodney, Kitsune Music, and Racin' Randy 83X. You guys are coordinating. We got Rockin' Rodney and Racin' Randy uh, all subbed. Thank you so much for your subs. I see Carlos is on the show. I see Carlos, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Chico, California. From Chico, California. Not too far away. Turning you up a little yeah. bit. No, it's like 10 hours away from Southern California. About like three hours away from Sacramento. So, yeah. Wait, you said 10 hours away from Southern California? Yeah, California's big, Travis. <laughs> oh, I thought isn't I thought Chico was in Southern California. And I live no, in, in here. Chico is Northern California. Like oh. Northern California. Oh, I think I was thinking of Chino. Okay, whatever. Uh, what do you got for us? 
So I want to talk about how it feels like esports as a whole, at least in esports that do use this as a practice uh, method, is scrimming, and how I think that scrimming is kind of probably the bad way to go about practicing esports. Uh, I come from a traditional sports background. I played a lot of soccer growing up, uh, some football here and there, but. It feels like this constant need to be scrimming your opponents that you play in your league all the time almost feels counterproductive as a whole to the idea of getting better as a, a team, as individual players, if that makes sense. So what would you substitute scrims for? And see, that's kind of why I wanted to ask like Mark, who actually has coaching experience, uh, this whole idea where it feels like obviously you can't really like institute drills into esports where you, you can't really just make someone sit there and CS for like an hour and then everything's totally going to be fine and dandy but it feels like instead of having scrims where you're obviously trying to uh get the perfect situation made so you can practice this very specific setup in leagues uh example like oh very specific uh baron situation at like 45 minutes or something um and obviously we hear all this stuff about people wanting to remake their scrims because they got a bad start or something uh maybe just implementing smart like smarter practice methods methods something like uh practicing lane matchups against your academy uh in uh mirror essentially so like the top laner from academy of the top laner from the main roster actually going at it for an hour or two and really talking about what it is that makes this matchup different or makes it so it's so favored in one character versus the other so i would say a lot of like what you're suggesting is done by a lot of people like we when i was still coaching tried to implement a lot of that like we tried we tried to really make like a 10 man feeling roster where like we scrim the academy team a fair amount and things like that. I know a lot of pro players, even against other pro players, will do like matchup practice. Um, and so like, I think a lot of those ideas have been implemented. I think one of the problems that people run into is that like league is such a variable game in a sense. Like there's so mm -hmm. much at play that if someone else that you're playing against is doing the wrong thing, you will never learn that you too are doing the wrong thing. Um, and so that's why like quality scrim opponents is so highly valued. That's why people don't want to scrim their academy teams. That's why people don't want to scrim low tier LCS teams. Um, because if I'm just a, a better individual player than you, or our jungler works with our bot lane better than yours, then like we just always crush you with this one strategy or something. And, and we don't really learn what you really need to to get better. And so that's why so many people are understandably afraid of doing like heavy, heavy in-houses with an academy team because your academy team, even the best academy team, which is like Cloud9, you know, some of their players are playing on what was formerly the 10th place LCS team. And I think there's always that kind of large gap between academy and LCS. Okay, yeah, and I, I understand that. I mean, I kind of figured that this was kind of something that was being implemented now at least but it still feels like even this whole scrim culture where people talk about oh we you know uh we scrimmed this team and we did pretty good but yet we don't know why we're weren't able to transfer that and i mean this has been going on since like season two season three people saying that oh people don't take scrim seriously people are just uh, messing around and all that fun stuff so i guess it almost goes back to this idea of is it just na's practice culture that isn't really taking scrim seriously and taking practice as a whole seriously or is this also just kind of uh i don't know just indicative of na as a whole when it comes to this um it's probably a combination of a lot of things i'm not sure it's like a one size fits all like 
of course yeah uh kind of things i think some like just team approaches to like how they want to improve it, it might be problematic i think sometimes it's players are problematic sometimes it's like you know the org is not doing things correctly so i, I think it can be a lot of different things um so and, and it's not like i also think that it's not just like all any teams don't take scrim seriously because i think that it's not like an na thing it's like a team to team thing there are teams in other regions and in other games like that just have motivation issues with scrims it's completely dependent on the culture of the team and i've known a lot of teams in a lot of different games not just in north america that like historically they don't try super hard in scrims or like you know certain players have motivation issues if certain things happen in the game like all oh, this situation happens i like i can't play the rest of the game it's not serious well whatever and it doesn't necessarily be indicative or translate to their to how they do in tournaments or on stage uh the the important thing is that yeah you're you're getting what your team needs to succeed certain teams really want to be like really focused and need to get a lot of this shit from scrims uh to learn and improve and some teams just like really want to play loose and it allows them to play better as players on stage and and like i've seen especially a lot of like individually talented teams be set up that way where they're super great players they like get it they're they're really on like the good parts of their career and they just need to go into games loose on stage so that they can play their best and not like overthink things um i think too to to get back to your original point one of the really big differences why we see scrims and mark touched on this a little bit uh as so much of a greater practice tool than in comparison to traditional sports is the rules of the game uh rules in esports titles change all the freaking time um and as like meta changes and picks change it's super important to have that scrim time for synergy as those changes happen whereas like especially in more like individual elements of the game focused sports like baseball and football yeah obviously baseball teams don't need to ever play their like scrimmages against other teams because really it's just a performance of individual activities that that coincides in a thing um at football a lot of the same stuff uh basketball probably and soccer probably have more more scrimmaging as a part of their regular practice than those other two sports that I mentioned, I, I would believe. Um, and yeah, and esports is always going to be that way. So I think there will always be that need for practice. I will say, I think one of the most interesting times, and someone else in chat was was referencing it, was like the Samsung Blue, Samsung White days in season four, because that was like my first year in coaching and analyst work and they were by far like the best org in that sense in that season and so like i read as much as i could about their interviews and stuff and they had a lot of really interesting policies like i think to what you said way way back i see carlos was like almost like an over fixation on scrims and like scrim results and things like that um because samsung blue and samsung white would scrim internally one block a day and that was it and i think it was samsung white would scrim externally sometimes to like get exposed to other things. And like, if you want to scrim them, you could only, I think it was Samsung white either way, only one of the two teams scrimmed externally. And then the rest of the time was just like balls to the wall, solo queue time. And even that wasn't enforced by the coach directly, but it was like a team culture thing. And like the coach said, like, yeah, if we feel like you're not putting in enough work, we'll say something. Uh, but it sounds like they never had to because all the players were just so like 
they played insane hours. Like that was like Acorn was like, yeah, I sleep four hours a night or something crazy like that. Um, and so it was a really weird culture where they only, they mostly scrimmed internally and they mostly actually just played solo queue. And that was how they like were so good was they just put in the insane hours. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, and it's just something that it would be nice to see if people could replicate it again. But then I think that was the last season that you had sister teams. And so ever since then, you've never had two teams with similar levels of talent in within an organization. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting topic. It's sort of, and I, I think it's one of those things where, like, everybody, I like the fact they bring it up because I think everyone just sort of takes the system for granted. And and there's probably a better way. We've only been doing this for a couple of years now, several years, I guess. But um, there's there's probably you know it's it's probably a good idea to sort of challenge the foundations of how these things operate. So, and I feel like that's kind of why I asked the question to begin with was just this whole like. Esports is still fairly young, that's still malleable, that you could still try to add some sort of new culture in there. Yeah. But uh, of course, with the way things are at the moment, it feels like so much of it falls on just organizational culture as opposed to actually uh, the practicing that's going on behind it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Icy Carlos, for the call. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, have a good yeah, one. Yeah, thanks, Steve. All right, we got about three more callers to go, uh, winding out the night. Uh, Damn it, Bear subbed. Blood's Point sent five dollars. Do pros ever use all chat during LCS? I don't know. I wish I could tell you, but thank you for the five dollars. Can I can I interject based off of that donation real quick? So something that has recently happened in Dota that has been great is that as a part of their compendium, they added these chat wheel uh, elements um, that and uh, a tipping system. So like in Dota, like you have level points or whatever to like get your battle pass, very similar to Fortnite, right? And you can tip other players in the game, including up on the opposing team. So what happens a lot of time now in professional games is like four guys will gank somebody, kill him, and then four people will tip him. And it's like it's it shows up on broadcast, so it's the most BM thing. But like I don't know, it's it's been really funny to watch and see adult adopted by the culture. I think they should do that shit in league. It'd be hilarious. That is pretty good. Uh, speaking of of that, I think uh, Navi, I was I pulled you. Marcus probably okay. I was confused were. when I heard his topic. There we go. Uh, Navi, where are you calling from? Um, from New Zealand. From New Zealand. Okay. Hey, I pulled an international caller. Look at me, um, <laughs> Navi. What do you want to talk about? Because I think uh, well, first off, thank you for being a Twitch sub. Secondly, by the way, is it pronounced Navi? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. You say sure, sure at the end, which makes well, me think it's not pronounced. I've heard a lot of different ways it's pronounced, but Navi's fine. So. Okay, well, it's esports. How context, do you so. pronounce it? I say Navi. Okay, okay there we go. Yeah, there we go. Uh, don't sure me if that's the way you pronounce it. <laughs> what uh, What do you want to talk about? I, I can already tell Kelby's going to be excited about this. So I wanted to talk about how we as a community are pretty underserved when it comes to being able to support the broadcast and the league as a whole. Because after watching the Overwatch League finals this week, and even the PUBG Invitational, they monetize their streams such a better way than Riot has. And I feel like this year was really important to nail because League's not going to be relevant forever and every year counts for like everyone that's invested in the scene. And right now the only way to support the League is to support the teams directly by paying like $80 for a shitty hoodie and then paying $20 shipping for it to ship to my shitty little island, which is just... Is this 100T? Right? This sounds like 100T. I'm Nowadays, a... you can order a Jersey Mike's with 
code with promo code JMNL. See, I don't have jersey marks in New Zealand. Yeah, so. he doesn't have <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait. Which team was it? Which team were you paying twenty dollars shipping for your eighty dollars uh, hoodie? Twenty dollars shipping. I had to pay from Immortals when they did the World's jersey, and TSM Ooh. was twenty dollars shipping. So I'm guessing everyone's the same. To yeah, win. I mean it's hard to get to something in New Zealand. I can. Yeah, and like looking at the Overwatch League channel right now, they have this amazing team leaderboards thing where chat actually uses bits and chairs. Mm -hmm. And Dallas Fuel's at the top, which used to be Team Envy. And yeah. then if that's one cent per bit, they've got over $125,000 in seven months. Yeah. And the whole leaderboard, if we add it all up, they have around 980000 US dollars, which is about $82,000 split amongst all the teams. So if, if even at a bare minimum, right, just put in a sub button where I could spam like the flame emote, win 100 CS lead on someone, you know, something yeah. like that. I just want Riot to put something in to hold us over while they work on their Bamtech deal or whatever fell through and Ooh. just figure something out for me, you know? Like, he doesn't know. I know, I'm saying him? because that fell out. He said because it fell through, he knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm saying, like, the PUBG Invitational even, they had this Twitch plugin where you would predict which team won. And I'm saying if if you beat the, say, the analyst desk predictions, right, you can get, like, a hex tick, hex tick box or hex tick key or something. Mm -hmm. Increased viewership. Well, that would be easy. I don't yeah. know if you've been keeping track of these analyst predictions, but Bro, the analysts are pretty shit you, right now. <laughs> people are pretty shit right now, too, for the most part. Like, usually, like, so last split, we were, like, around 60%, and people would tweet at me, and they'd be like, look, I'm at, like, 70% or something, because someone's always going to do better than you. There's 100,000 people watching. But this split, like, no one is tweeting at me, and the people who are are also, like, just under 50%. All right, Mark. You look. It's. Uh, I get it. I get it. I'm just it's, saying, uh, like, sensitive subject. Sorry, shouldn't have brought it up. We're uh, talking about something else. So, Navi, what would feelings. you like? What would you like to see specifically? I want to know the, specifically what you, as a fan, want to see. Less than twenty dollars shipping really for hoodies. Really happy with even just Twitch emotes and a sub button. Okay. But I'd really like them to tie the end game stuff. Like Overwatch has. Look here. It says they have over twelve. No, they have thirteen emotes. You can get like mm -hmm. 14 skins, all this stuff, without even the all access pass, right? Mm -hmm. And then with the all access pass, you get 15 Overwatch skins, a spray, and all this. So I yeah. just want, I'd want, I would like to see skins and emotes in game, but right now, even on Twitch, if they just did something or made some sort of a deal with them, I would love that. You know? Here, I will say this right this. now, Navi. I will say this publicly. Mm -hmm. If Riot wants to use my face as an emote, <laughs> they can do that and they don't even have to give me a cut of it all right i want to support nalcs so i will donate my face to the twitch emote system for the lcs channel okay so that just know that i'm pitching in guys i will tie my brand to the lcs for free i mean mark you tied your brand to the lcs and you demand they pay you so I mean, that a, you... mocking me, but I'm out here. I'm offering something. All right, you're you want you want some of that return. People, okay. Would you would you put in thirty five hours a week for free for them? Uh, my face is worth at least thirty five hours, a week, so <laughs> okay. I think I think we're right there, right, Kelby? Yeah. So Navi, mm -hmm. I gotta say, I agree with you entirely. It is. Very confusing to me personally that Riot has been at the forefront and 
or at least was at the forefront in innovating for esports for such a long period. And then in the one area where you'd think it would matter, perhaps even the most, the monetization of this product that you've invested so much time and money to over your company's history, that you just don't care. You don't seem to care about doing anything with integrating the experience as a fan back into being a player. Like, it is really so sad that, like, games like Halo, Halo 5, which is getting, like, peak concurrent viewership of 10,000, like, people on their stream, their active player base for that game now is probably, like, less than 100,000 uniques a month or some shit. They have more in-game integration and more integration into their player base and what they can receive on their broadcast than League of Legends does. It's like they don't they don't they're not doing anything. Nothing like you've outlined. They it's so sad, especially when their player base is shrinking like it has and you now have Overwatch League coming out and kicking your ass in every single department when you had all of the opportunities that they had and passed on them and did alternative things that failed, and now you don't have any replacement or plan for it? What the fuck are you doing, man? Like, you're, su you're such a joke in this area, and we've talked about it for so long, and you don't change anything. When do you start to care? When do you address any of this? I don't know. Holy shit, dude. Did that feel good to let out, Kelby? That's, the, that's, me, that's me going way short. Travis knows of what I would talk about off of a public thing that can be recorded they and clipped and shit. They just need to respect the fact that it's a digital space and they have digital viewers from all over the world. And you just have to service them somehow. Just well, so something. I think one of the, the I don't want to say fundamental problems at Riot because I, I don't think I'm actually in a position to say this, but I'll probably say something close to it anyways. I think one of the biggest problems is like, I feel like Riot sees always the downsides of anything with like a giant magnifying glass and the upsides is like, meh, whatever. So like, when they see that this could be misconstrued as trying to pump viewership through artificial means or something, or, you know, that that's a, a ploy to like, you know, generate false hype or whatever, like the compendium, like, oh yeah, they're just taking all their fans money or something. You know, like, I, I'm not saying this is what they've actually said, but like, it does feel like anytime that these other solutions and other like money-making things are presented, people like, I, I hear so many of the bad reasons for it as opposed to the good ones. Like you're saying Navi that like, as a fan, I would love to be able to show my support. Yeah. It, and I would be totally fine with that if there was literally anything that they provided as an alternative. Maybe they tried with the BAM Tech deal, but we don't know, and they have nothing to show for it. Yeah, for that is my biggest thing, is that like I, I, I can only assume that they put so much into that deal. Because if you go back and you look at the interview, they they talk so much about what they were going to be able to achieve with it that they must have just thought like, we're not going to do this with Twitch or YouTube or whatever. It's all going to be in the system. And that is why like at the time, this is one of the frustrations I had is like, I did that video 
the main point of feedback I got from everybody, not just like the Reddit and community, which ultimately like they didn't care because they'd forgotten it was the thing in the first place, but also from the industry in general was like, well, you know, like it's not that big of a deal. Like they can do something else. But it's just hard whenever like you, it it feels like from like there are two options here. Either you just didn't care about any of these really cool monetization opportunities that allow your fans to engage with your broadcast in a unique way, show their support, whatever. Or you do care, but you were to pit it all on the BAM tech thing. And so I am I'm much more likely like there's people in this pet chat right now who say things like, oh, uh, Riot doesn't care or their esports department doesn't care. That I think that couldn't be further from the truth. They care about esports tremendously, and I know people over there that kill themselves trying to make sure that the stuff works out great. They suck in certain areas. Like, they suck in world states, as, a, as an example. They suck in monetization. They suck in a, in a lot of different areas, but I know that they care. But it is... it. it so I'm, I'm much more likely to think that it, it all went into the BAM tech thing and that that failed. The problem is, is like, now they need to fix it. They gotta fix it, because I, I could not agree with you more. Like... It, they were a front runner. Think about it this way. When LCS came out, they were first in this industry. They were first in so many different ways across the board, right? Like nobody had done a league like this, like the the giving salary to players. Like it's just there were so many things that they did that were, were first. Having all the players live in the same area. Uh, and I think now and now, like they are not innovating in the way that they did before. And that now you see other leagues and other esports groups doing a lot in the space, which is great. It is great to see other people stepping up to the plate. What is not great is to see distinct areas in which Riot is falling behind like this one. And uh, the final thing I'll say is, at least for me, all good things come to an end in some regard, right? So, like, the idea that Riot wasn't going to stay number one, I, you know, I think a lot of people knew that that wasn't going to be the case. And I don't think it's always fair to like needle dick someone for like something that was always going to happen for like every little thing that they could have done better. But like, I think in this instance, there are a number of big things they could have done better. I just think it's time. They should just take, take just copy Overwatch League at this point. Right. I think what have you got to lose? I mean, nobody's going to complain about that shit. Yeah. The team owners especially won't. They'd fucking love it. Oh, <laughs> that's anyways hey uh navi thank you so much for calling in we do have two more call oh we only have one more one of them dropped out i guess um sure. we've got another caller to go and we're running low on time so thank you so much for your call though i think it's a good topic and i appreciate that you you brought it up and whoever pulled you into the waiting room was a genius for doing that thanks <laughs> yeah sure thanks for me hey, have a good one thanks dude see ya uh one last caller to go Everybody in chat thinking like, oh no, freaking out. Look, we just feel passionately about that thing. Um, let's see, we've got, um, okay, hi. Oh, okay, hi. <laughs> How are you? Welcome to the channel. Normally I, I go through and I read a couple subs, but sounds like you're ready. Um, your name is Vireto. Evagadin, is that pronounced right? Uh, it's supposed to be uh, Japanese. It's a it's an anime title. Anime title. Can you pronounce it for me? Well, the English is English name is Violet Evergarden. Let's just go with Violet Evergarden. Violet Evergarden. Okay. Violet Evergarden. 
Oh, Violet Evergarden. Okay. Yes. Very good. Where are you calling from, Violet Evergarden? Um, I'm 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 I live near SF. Near SF. Okay, hey! so Bay Area. Bay where area. are you at? And where are you at in the Bay Area? As um, Millbury. Millbury. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's a a, a Bart stop. Stop. Yes. Yeah. Uh, where? What do you want to talk about on the show? So um. So uh, do you guys think uh, at, like computer auto regions NA has like a communication issue because like um so this thing like that happened like uh, recently like made me think was like um so uh, LP I was watching LPL and then like they gave a doing B an interview in in Chinese and then like like he speaks really fluent Chinese to the point where he forgot some Korean and it made me think like. Uh, because like um I've 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 seen like um NA interviews in the past and then and, like like uh Korean players like impact for like their English like let's just be honest like isn't like very ideal and then so I, and then like I looked at like EU all the top teams have like um all Europeans they have like no Koreans and of course they speak English and Korea of course speaks Korean and in in LPL all the top teams they have like um Koreans who are really fluent in Chinese. Uh, and RNG for all intents and purposes, it's all Chinese. Like, um, and for the Koreans, like rookie, um, scout, they all speak like really fluent Chinese. Even like, even like, um, the not so fluent ones, like uh, the shy, they still communicate like pretty well in Chinese. So it made me wonder if like, um, NA is like suffering like a bit in terms of performance because of this. You think I... it's communication issues, and you're saying you're saying that. Uh, the players that have come over here that don't speak English fluently, they're not learning it fast enough to to allow our the, like for the communication to flow free, freely. Um, yes. Okay. I mean, and, uh, I oh, think. And, and, oh, oh, sorry. Um, also, like uh, among like coaching stuff too, because like um, RNG has two Korean coaches, but like Hart and uh, Kazman, and they both speak um, like uh, decently well Chinese. Yeah, I think that historically, like the top teams from NA going to Worlds have had all native English speakers at every single role. We TSM sent, the past two years in Cloud9, the year before that? Kelby, that, we sent an entirely Chinese-speaking team to Worlds. I think that's more actually proves Kelby's point. Are you talking about LMQ? Yeah, yeah that, also pro- that also proves my point as well. But that's that's way long ago. I'm talking about the last three years. Uh, C9 yes. with Impact. Impact speaks Korean. So that's one. Off. I just I don't I don't think communication is probably the issue. Uh, yeah, I think I, it's that NA sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, but okay, but like it's easy to say NA sucks. But is there is there a possibility that this is happening? I I kind of disagree, uh, Violet Violet Evergarden, because I I think. One thing is that we've seen a lot of the players in North America start to pick up English pretty quickly over time. Uh, Huni admittedly was in Europe for a while, but he's in like Germany. His uh, his English great, Rainover great. Like a lot of the players over here, actually hilariously, Seraf when he came to CLG had awful English, and then and I don't know if Kelby did nothing to help him with it or whatever, but uh, after he left CLG. He learned English and actually is super fluent in it. I mean, obviously he's not competing anymore, but like, I think we have seen a lot of examples where players that came over here didn't knowing uh, did not know English at first know it 
really well. Uh, one thing just to mention, by the way, is that like on the impact thing, his teammates can all understand him very well. He just has like a very unique accent and way of speaking, which seems to be heavily influenced from Sneaky's memeing and Twitch chat. And so like his teammates can all understand him very well. It's just that, yeah, in interviews or whatever, it's harder for a lot of the, the broader audience to understand him. Yeah, so I think what we'd all say is like, yes, having non-native English speakers is worse than having native English speakers. But in comparison to the other problems that there are in NA, it's a pretty minimal problem. And if you're concerned about it being a big problem, what you need to weigh it against is if these Korean imports who don't speak the language well cause a bigger drag on the team's performance than the worse native speaking NA player who speaks English well. Like, And I think you'll find that that's probably not the case and that these imported Korean players are much better. And, uh, you know, if you didn't have them, the scene would be arguably even worse. Do you have any other thoughts, uh, Violet, Violet Evergarden? Um, well, um, so right now it's not a problem, but um, do you think it might become like a problem in the future? Because obviously NA isn't producing talent fast enough, so obviously they're going to import like more and more players. Uh, Kelby, this is a NA importing players topic. You want to give your spiel? You got some grandstands to take here? Uh, are are you talking about me having Riot change the rules? No, no, no. I just mean, oh, I thought that's what you were going no, for. No, I was not going for that. I just meant uh, you usually go on a rant about how it's fine. We'll just, we're creating like an ecosystem. Uh, uh, regardless, I'll just say this. Like, I think what's interesting is you can meme about it, but I think we are developing pretty good infrastructure for importing players that don't speak English. Uh, if you one, we are importing a lot of European players who do speak English. You know how long before we get some you know perks over here? All those guys, they loved North LA and Rift Rivals. They were all talking about yeah, it. Yeah, all those those European imports that came over and ended up on May teams are loving it. Optic loving looks it. great. Power Weevil's Op- having a great time. The I hope Optic and Clutch turn around so Febby and Poe have a great time in it. Yeah, and and Febbevin made. Uh, you know, top four. He made. He got to go play on stage in Miami last time. Yeah, now um, he's dead last. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, so is uh, some other big teams are close. To I it. mean, actually, never mind. Go ahead. But anyway, uh, so like one interesting thing. By the way, I don't know if you knew this, Violet Evergarden. There's a woman named Sophie who is a Korean English teacher. Uh, I think she was a professor at USC. I don't know if she still is, but she works with like all, almost all, I believe, of the Korean players now that are over here like teaches them uh she has like a twitter right i forget what it is but like we we are developing infrastructure for the players that come over here that don't speak english to uh level that up and I, so i don't think it's becoming an issue i think actually it might be becoming less of an issue and that in the past i remember there were a lot of times where you would just have a player that no one could understand and you'd you'd hear kind of at the end of the split after the team got relegated like hey we were never able to have any conversations in game because it just didn't work but i think i think it's actually getting better so. so I guess it all boils down to NA sucking, then. Yes, it does. Exactly. <laughs> That's what it all boils down to at the end of all these concerns. Thank you so much, Violet Evergarden, for the call. And I hope you enjoy um, some new Crunchyroll 
uh, videos soon. While Evergarden's on Netflix. Oh, well, I mean, there's there's other anime on Crunchyroll. I'm trying to. Is it good? In. Hello, fellow weebs. Well, I I, I really on. liked it. You really liked it? Did you like yeah. it, Mark? I haven't watched it. It's been on my to watch list for a while. Okay. Should what is it about, Violet Evergarden? It's about uh, basically like this this girl like uh, she used to be in the army and she has like no feelings. Learning learn, like uh, what it's love. Oh, very good. Yeah. Well, I asked myself that question. Thank you so much, uh, Violet Evergarden, for your time on the show. Have a good evening. Right. You too. All right. So are we doing this scenario thing, Mark? Um, I don't know if you want to save it and just make him be our guest and then do a whole episode about it. Uh, I just feel like we're beating a dead horse by having like a giant episode. Oh, I shouldn't say, I, I didn't mean do a whole episode about that topic. I meant do a whole episode with an arrow. Oh, okay. Well, he was on just so recently. You keep saying that, but hasn't it been like two months? Like, No, he was on... Uh, I think he was on the show before I'm gonna look like it two up weeks right ago now. or something. What? No I way. I think he was on 35. We, no, that no, was Kelby. Yeah, we, we had, two, we had no, like he was, three on, players. He was on episode uh, 33, and we're on episode 38, so it's been five weeks. It's been, yeah, like six weeks. I'm fine having a repeat guest who is a former coach. And Nero's not even in the Discord. So every, all these people spamming, get an arrow on. He's not even in the Discord. He he messed, He said in Twitch chat, he was like, can I come in and talk about this NA but problem But he didn't thing. get in Discord. So did he yeah. ever really want on, or did he just want the chat to all freak he out? He just wanted people to talk about him. Yeah. Fucking typical an arrow. Uh, we can talk more about it next week. If we, if, if we can't find someone cooler than an arrow, I guess we can use him. I mean, we got, we, there's Kelby. You know, Kelby's pretty funny. I like Kelby. He's kind of out of it right now. I think he's falling asleep. Anyways, all I'm saying you guys is we're talking about Nero's watching the Violet Evergarden trailer, dude. The trailer on that thing looks fucking great, by the way. That's some top tier yeah, animation. But this is this is a dub trailer, not a sub trailer. I want the sub trailer. Uh, anyways, all uh, I would be down to have an arrow on again, especially since last time we had him, he was still on Echo Fox. And maybe we can ask him some stuff like, did you know a trade was coming? Or like that you guys wanted the trade slash like was it up? Or we can just, or we can just drag, drag, drag him on, Travis. There's no way I'd have something else I wanted to do tonight, and that's why I was trying to push <laughs> this. He has week. your status on the. He's got your power from the time you disconnected. <laughs> oh yeah, but I didn't. I, no, I didn't move myself in. I'm we, on my phone, we, dude. We I can't do that. We don't know how he got in here. We're not <laughs> sure. Yeah, Travis. thanks, Travis. Appreciate it. And Arrow, what do you want to talk about? He's opened up a uh, 20 minute can of worms. Here we go. I, I just want to talk about the NA problem because people keep calling in and like have different random excuses. Like this is why NA sucks. NA sucks because like the region as a whole, with like everything we do in terms of infrastructure is just straight trash. Like organizations aren't really like very strict on actually making the infrastructure itself better. And there's just management that suck, coaches that suck, and that just makes a bad environment for players that are never going to get better because the infrastructure is just awful. Can but you we can give say me that, specific examples? That's very general. All right. So say like practice sucks, right? Mm -hmm. And like practice is obviously a problem. And people say practice is inefficient. Like obviously practice is a source of the coaches for the most part. Yeah. Like if players are bad and are causing the, like the problems in practice, they should be getting benched essentially. Right. Like if you're on any other team in the world, that's probably happening. So you so think that's that not, every NA team has players that are 
not efficiently using their practice time and it's because the coaches aren't keeping the onus on them to no, be not good that with their time? Okay. I'm saying that it's a combination of like all of these things. Like if that's a problem and say that like a coach has called out a player for this and it hasn't been fixed, then maybe it's a management problem. Maybe it's that the coach isn't calling it out, so then it's a coaching problem. And rather than just like calling out all these random things like, ah, NA sucks for this, like it's a combination of all these issues and every team has a different combination of those issues. And for the most part, they generally don't get fixed from my experience. From what I've heard from like talking with other people on teams and then like other players voicing their experience with teams coming to new teams, right? Everyone has these types of issues, but you generally see like the same group of people kind of floating around esports everywhere. And it's like that in other regions as well from working in yeah. Europe. You still have the same type of thing. But it's like that's that's the main issue. And I think I think it's definitely fair for players to call out like coaches and players for stuff like this. And it's something that should be fixed. But there's also like onus on management in too. And there's problems there as well. And it's something that's not really, I guess, explored or talked about. Like people in esports itself, like I'm sure you guys have heard coaches or players like complain about this type of thing. Like just in like casual conversation, right? But people aren't really going to be too public about it because job security matters a lot. And no one really wants to like lose their job or like even risk it. So even people that are necessarily like worse at their job aren't really going to like invite people that might even replace them to a certain extent and like improve their infrastructure because then they might lose out on their job, right? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Because might just be better. And you want to hire somebody who's weaker than you to keep yourself secure. So what, one, really yeah. quickly, one thing but, I just learned is that New up? Skype, we keep learning about New Skype. New Skype, when somebody puts yeah. something in chat, it shows up over their webcam image. So I don't know what Mark put in chat. I can't see chat, but some URL like pops up, grays out his screen, and like shows the URL. Wait, but I'm, I'm still fine on Twitch. I'm looking at the Twitch thing. No, no, it's it went away. It's gone. But you saw uh, like the chat be like, "What the hell?" in NA production. It's because this is apparently a new feature of Skype we've just discovered. My bad, dude. If I, you type I something there, something for for my spiel when I when I respond. Oh yeah, but, it's just it's. <laughs> my bad, Travis. I mean, no, it's not your so, fault. It's fucking Skype. It's like just they change and everything. Uh, so weird. Uh, anyway, so do you, yeah. do you think that sucks, infrastructure man. is worse here than in Europe, and that's the disparity between our regions? Uh, no, I think Europe has like some pretty shitty infrastructure too. But so you Europe say that Europe and NA both suck because you just said NA sucks mm -hmm. to address what the callers is. So you think it's Europe and NA, and NA suck because of this infrastructure and it's better I, in Korea and China? I think they suck because of like different issues with it. But there's like different cultural things that kind of lead to benefits for different people. Like Korean culture kind of has the whole aspect of they have like a natural respect for elders and it's kind of expected in their society. So yeah, that's kind of something that's expected from them in practice as well. So it tends to exist to a certain extent, but they're also the organizations seem to be better, at least from what I've noticed from the outside and like through like very small interactions with the teams themselves seem to be better at actually enforcing those types of things and decisions teams make, which you can see with like subbing being a very regular thing. Well, do, it's like do you think it's easier for somebody with good ideas to instill those ideas in a peer and coworker base that is more open to them because their culture dictates that you respect elders more? Mm, I think it helps it to a certain extent, yeah. But I think it's something that can exist in, in a, like, equally as easy. But it requires consistency with organizations. Like, everyone has to be on the same page, and that requires you to build, like, a good 
infrastructure for that and like good business around a certain idea that you have and have people that are all in alignment on wanting to do the same thing. And if you don't have that and people don't have that inherent like respect from the culture, then you're not going to be able to build it like you'll have in a team environment. But it's definitely like fucking possible for sure. It's just people suck at getting respect as coaches or people suck at maintaining respect because they're not consistently responding to problems the way they should. But Korean Uh, and Chinese organizations are? I think for the most part, at least seems like it. It seems that there's like a decent level of respect in terms of like Korean culture. I don't know too much about China and I'm not going to pretend like I do because I don't do too much there. But I have like interacted with people on Korean teams and the Korean players coming over all seem to have that same type of at least like inherent respect. Like they kind of expect from everyone in the way that they interact with people. They respect the people that are in positions of power above them or positions of authority. I mean, yeah, I don't think it's any people are definitely bad at doing that i like i haven't had really problem with respect from north american players but i know that it's something that exists sure i would just yeah anyways i'll let mark respond yeah so this is this is actually more of like a sidestep so i'd say you guys should finish your combo combo if there's anything else you want well i was just gonna say like i think it definitely depends on the organization and we definitely i think have seen teams that in different titles as well, like, I don't know if this is just a League of Legends conversation where, like, the best infrastructure does not always produce the best result team. And even as such, like, we've had rosters that have, like, I think not had these issues that you've talked about domestically and mm-hmm. just still, like, not done well on the international stage. Uh I'm still personally more inclined to believe that like North America and Europe as regions are not inherently more incompetent at running esports teams than China and Korea. I think that again, one of the contributing factors is yes, it is much easier to for a a person who's perhaps wiser and more experienced and guided to be able to get buy-in and instill certain regiments and values within an organization if that base is much more open innately to receiving them yeah but i don't think it um on that point too i don't really think that the fact that it's harder here is even like an excuse for NA. I think that uh, as a coach you should be able to get that type of respect anyways and if you can't you probably shouldn't be in a position to be coaching them too i believe but, over time that will be something that exists but we like esports is still too young as a space for us to have developed premier coaching talent. So many of the greatest coaches in traditional sports and even other esports have been former professional players. And like, mm-hmm. we don't have like a lot of greats that have retired and are interested in that yet. Saint I mean, Vicious. we had Loco Toco, Saint Vicious. But that's, oh, Saint Vicious as well. Uh, but I that's know. that's really about it. I also say like a lot of the all-time great players who retire and become coaches are not greatest coaches. Like, uh, well, fucking any, yeah. any like a, yeah, like uh, fucking Jackson. Phil Jackson was not like a amazing god tier player, but you know one of the most greatest coaches of all time. Bill Belichick. I mean, he never won a lot played. of rings when he was a player. Yeah, but he wasn't like this. Yeah, is yeah the I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah, and like Bill Belichick never played pro, and like you know, I don't, I don't think that matters as much. I think, like, also the, the whole infrastructure thing, like, I do think there's problems in NA, but, like, you know, no one's worse than Origin. 
and they got to 2015 semis at Worlds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I think that can help with the fact that, like, their, like, team player culture worked well. But, like, yeah, that, that can happen. Like, you can get the Worlds in your region. No, no problem. Like, obviously, you're, there's going to be a top team in your region, even if your infrastructure in your region sucks. There still has to be a number one team. It's just that you're never going to be able to reach the point that other regions are re- reaching where these teams come in and they're just doing better as a team and performing better on the like team play aspect of the game that has existed almost the exact same way forever because people suck at building that because their infrastructure has different problems there that lead to bad practice environments, whether it's internally or practice environments with other teams. And I think that trying to use any of these excuses that people have used, like ping and shit like that, is just like the biggest bullshit excuse. And well, what about like same player base? All right, so if, if we're gonna get into player base, this is where I would mm-hmm. love to to hop in because like yeah. so far I don't actually disagree with anything in Arrow's thing. I'm just not sure that our infrastructure is substantial. Like, and, and to be fair, we're not substantially worse than Europe in a lot of regards either. So I don't. I don't yeah. want to blow this too far out of proportion. But what I'd say is, like, I linked a graphic to Skype. And I, if you can pull it up on stream, Travis, that'd be great. Are you uh, able to? Can you link it to me on Discord? Yeah. I'll just put it in the, the pleb chat so people can see it, too. And I'll put it on in, in Twitch chat. And hopefully you can pull it up. But, like, this is, like, the percentage of LOL players by re- region, roughly, uh, based off some API that's probably full of errors and is not close to 100% accurate. But I think it at least paints an interesting picture about this. Um, and so if you can't pull it up, basically it's percentage of LOL players by region, and it includes like all the minor regions too for the most part. doesn't include China because China just dwarfs everyone. But like NA is 10%. EU West is 25%. EU East is 14%. KR is 24%. And like I said, China's not on here. I think it would dwarf everyone else, like, combined. Uh, So, you know, forget that for a moment. But, like, you just see that, like, NA is, is not competitive in terms of player base. It's just not compared to the other major regions. And, like, you can talk about Taiwan and, like, well, why is Taiwan good? And I think that's an interesting conversation. But, like... What I'd say is anytime you're trying to like predict why some like area would be good, it's like basically going to come down to like how good you are, like how talented you are at that thing and how hard you're working. Um, And of course, like your environment is another one. But like if you are all roughly doing the same thing, everyone's roughly just scrimming or whatever it is. And everyone's environments are roughly the same it's going to come down to how hard you work and how talented you are. And we do not have the talent pool to compete with anyone. And we try and supplant that with Im- uh, imports from other regions. But are we importing enough to be more talented than other regions? I would argue probably not. And then if you look at, are we working harder than other regions? Like we definitely work really hard and in no way am I going to say like NA doesn't play hard, but we're not working harder than Korea. I don't think there's ever been a time where, like the entire region has worked as hard as the Korean region. Like the closest you hear is like Fnatic 2015, TSM 2016, maybe like those are times that we put in like quote unquote Herculean efforts, which I think based off what I know is just the base standard for Korea. Um, and so mm-hmm. if, if we're not the hardest working region and we're not the most talented region, like why would we expect to compete with these other regions that are China's the most talented Korea just based off like play base 
for every Dardoch we find, Korea finds 10, <laughs> EU and, and Korea find two. Um, and so I would say like, when I look at it this way, it's not even like, why are we bad? It's like, well, why would we ever be good? Well, I mean, you think you can't put like at least one team out there that's definitely going to compete really hard. I think you like, should you just got to get like five good players. Right. And it just seems yeah. like we can't really do that at all. And I think that should always be possible. Like, I don't know, man, if Brazilian teams are able to put out like one insanely good team in CSGO, like that happened and then just like win big major tournaments, feel like it's obviously like just one example, right? So it could just be fucking outlier, but you know, NA should be able to do it, especially if we're just chucking money out like this. Realistically should be able to do it if people are making smart decisions about team building and then having actual efficient practice. Yeah, but, I'm not saying like yeah. by, by far like this is, I'm just saying like these are some, yeah. I think it's like, it's not negligible the fact that our player base is tiny and like, yes, you have right. Flash Wolves and like, and that's why I was saying, that's why I would love to talk about them because I think that's an yeah. interesting parallel. Um, we just definitely but, shouldn't expect to have like a lot of good teams. Like we shouldn't yeah, like, be expecting to put like five world-class teams out there, but we should. Yeah, it's like, why, why are we struggling to get out of groups? It's like, that's why I think we're struggling to get out of groups more than anything is like, why would we expect to con consistently get out of groups first China and Korea and even Europe who has 2.5 times our player base. And that was a year ago. And but from all yeah. metrics, it's not getting better. So I think there's a lot of things at play, but I think yeah. that's, those, those are two big ones to me is like, when I just like, look at like, how good is this person ever going to become? It's like, well, how talented are they and how hard are they working at anything? And like, I, I don't think we're hardest working or most talented. So I, I wouldn't expect us to be the best. Yeah. And to be clear, Nero, I don't, I don't disagree with you at all that we can't do things better. I just don't necessarily agree that we're doing things um, so much worse that it's the number one reason why our region lacks behind. I think it's more like what Mark was talking about. Mm -hmm. and yeah, to be I fair, think it like, matters a lot. I think what Nero is saying is, is still true. I'm not, I, I don't think I disagree with anything he said. And, and like if we're going to do well, like we need to find our advantage in, in this environment, like, cause it's, it's not going to be the two things I just laid out or maybe it will be working hard if the whole region goes. I nuts. mean, we're never going to do well. We've already covered this. It's not going to change for the things that you've already talked about. Not, there's not some other secret sauce that is going to put North America or even Europe ahead and, uh, have us beat Korea. There are not esports that Korea loses when it cares a lot about the game. There hasn't been. And until something changes with China, China will be, I think, the first region that does it because their player base is just so massive by contrast. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not going to be us and it's not going to be Europe. But, but to Nero's point, like, I think there will be CLGs and Gigabyte Marines and flash wolves type situations, a CLG 2016 MSI specifically, we're like, yeah. there's no reason that we can't make a run. There's no reason we can't do miracle on ice. We're like, when you look at what happened at the, for people who don't know what I'm referencing, 1980s Olympics, this US team beat Russia in the Olympics and won the gold medal. And it was like the biggest upset ever people say in sports. And like, if you look at what they did, if you watch the movie, they just put in like the most butt fucking insane hours and they approached practice differently and like their selection of the players that they took and all this stuff. And they were able to make it work. And yeah. I think that's, that's like the situation we find ourselves in NA is not like, why is our region 
not as good, but it's like, how can we make those miracles happen? Yeah, I mean, that happened once possible. in how many Olympics? I mean, the, the environment yeah. changed. Too, but stuff. it can happen. It can happen like once here. Like it does. Yeah, matter. yeah, sure. Like, but we're we're possible. seven years in, not you know decades in. Of course. I mean, and yeah, I don't yeah. expect it to change like fast. It's just like we should be aware that those types of issues will lead to it never changing. And sure. if people are just happy, like ah, all right, we'll just do this. Yeah. And even though like our infrastructure might suck and practice sucks, let's not really work on fixing it because fuck it, we'll never be a good team. Then yeah. like it's I mean, just the stuck teams like that are forever. definitely working on fixing it though. It's not like they haven't gotten so much better over time. Do you think that they aren't trying to make themselves better from an infrastructure perspective and putting more investment and resources and being harder on themselves as far as the value that they can provide to players and pushing themselves? No, I think themselves? for sure that they're trying to a certain extent, but I know that some also aren't trying and aren't necessarily hitting the right well, areas. Yeah, well, but, okay, not everybody's team Snickers. We got some TLs out there too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. I understand that orgs have like different views towards what they're approaching too, and some don't want to necessarily be the best. And if that's their business approach, you know, you know, you have to respect it. But I'm there, not there running a team teams anymore. Not happy with it. It's not just a popularity only contest. You're fine. These guys actually want to win, except for uh, TSM, who's just focused on Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. Just gonna let that too real for a second. Um, too real. No, right. I was, I just didn't have anything else. Cause like, uh, I think, I, said, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I, I think I agree with the narrow, like there's not enough being done in the North American scene to offset the disadvantages that I see to like consistently put out a, a great team or something. And so yeah. like, I, I want us to be more aggressive about trying to improve and like being more innovative. Like as much as I was joking about how like, you can't just say be innovative and not have real suggestions, but like, I want our region to, to do the things that Aneros are talking about for the things that I said. Rover yeah. Chidori says, can we please get a Snickers emote? Kelby, when our Jesus friends Christ. tell you that you are responsible for that sponsorship getting fulfilled, I want you to I'm think of the all fact the that we've now got people in the Twitch chat asking for Snickers emotes because of... All right. Anero, thank you, you guys... so much for coming oh, in. Sorry. Yeah, no worries, man. Yeah, yeah thanks, dude. It was a good talk. I'll I'll see you guys on the next one. Yeah. Have a good yeah. one. See you. By the way, earlier Anero was saying that he was in the shower naked listening to the show. He said that in Twitch chat. Because people are like, you should call in. And he's like, I'm in the shower and I don't have clothes on. I can't really call in right now. So well, when people say now. like I'm a big fan, like I wonder if they're a narrow level big fan. Yeah. Anero just... might be the biggest hotline link fan there is. Mark, you got any shout-outs, plugs, anything you want to throw out there? Uh, so I'm at the part in Octopath Traveler where everyone gets together and you do, like, the final, like, mission or something. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Uh, other than that, I got an offline TV video coming out this week. It should be pretty hype. Uh, and that's it. What are you, are your thoughts on the game different than did you see Dunkey's review? No, I didn't know he reviewed it. How long is uh, it? Okay. Uh, it's not very long. It's like it's like four minutes, maybe four and a half minutes. What was his general take on it? Uh, I, I'm probably everyone I've talked to basically has the same general take. He's admittedly not a big JRPG fan, but he has a lot of issues with like the fact that I guess you fight like a ton of 
level one mobs and it takes too long to do like that shit and also like a lot of the dialogue and storyline just is really really bad yeah it's like an objectively i would say as, as objectively as you can with writing an objectively poorly written game <laughs> okay uh and you do literally eight origin stories in a row to right. start the game out and like yeah. all of that is just fucking terrible and I'm like 60 hours in and like I have enjoyed a handful, like I can count on probably one hand, like the amount of times I enjoyed what the story was putting in front of me. Gotcha. Rough. But I've played it a lot and I really enjoy it. Like the combat, it's exactly like what you want. It's not exactly what I want. I wanted more secondary classes. It's like a, I'd give it like a six and a half or a seven. Kelby, how's your Tretch campaign going? It's going pretty good. We we've we've uh, we've started the snowball for so, real now. So for context, I'm fucking the high elves. So for context, okay, I we don't need to be so explicit. Uh, for context, uh, we have a good friend who's a streamer who I will probably host at the end of this name, Fenron Jenkins, who's a uh, Total War Warhammer Two streamer. Kelby found this guy because Kelby got into Total War Warhammer Two. Just uh, like went off the grid, essentially. Like all our friends, we want to play games. Hey, Kelby! Like there were literally he did not. To be clear, last week, and definitely was a great guest. I'm happy to have him on. But I I enjoy having Kelby on a lot. He brings a lot of energy to the show. I asked him, "Can you come on the show?" He said, "No, I'm busy playing Total War Warhammer 2. He frequently just like shuts everything off because of this, and and it was really bad for a while. I think he stabilized a little bit and has figured out how to like. But let's just say if you told me. He wasn't at Twitch anymore because of Total War Warhammer 2. I would not be surprised. And essentially, that's what he told us at the start. Anyway, Kelby found this guy named Fenron Jenkins, who's like one of the best dudes ever. He's got super educational content, talks about Total War Warhammer 2, streams it, etc. And then uh, and then I guess what happened, Fenron was teasing you, saying like you couldn't do Tretch on Legendary, who's one of the lords you can play. I was I asked a couple times what the next campaign I should do is and both times said like what do you think about doing Tretch and he's like if you haven't played Skaven he's really tough man I wouldn't do Tretch if I were you yeah and he was right to be clear because you hated your life while you were beginning that campaign I'm on my ninth attempt <laughs> okay all right <laughs> and things are moving but so so in other words like maybe a different Skaven Lord would have been a better option I probably put about 25 hours into the eight other attempts prior to being able to get to this point in this attempt. Yeah. Has has anyone played Nine Parchments? Mm-mm. It looks like a Magicka-type game where there's like a bunch of like co-op spells and shit, and you combine what the spells do. Okay, how is that relevant to this conversation? I just saw some, something about it. I just wonder if anyone played it. Uh, I mean, we were kind of bullshitting at the end here. How, how does Total War Warhammer 2 Tretch have anything to do with Hotline League? Um, anyway. You brought it up. Uh, so I, just for context on why we talk about this uh, game so much on the show now, I I did a deal with Fenron because I really liked to stream but never literally understood anything that was happening on the stream. And because he's so educational, we said we would co-stream one night and he would teach me how to play. And so we did that for about two hours or so. And then I was like, okay, thanks, dude. And then the next day I woke up and just opened up Total War Hammer 2. And it's pretty much the only thing I do with my free time uh, these days. It is a very addicting game. 
And I was thrilled when I was listening to the Mark Merrill podcast, and he was talking about how that's one of the games that he plays. He says he plays a ton of it. So, um, yeah, I'll probably get into WoW. Somebody says, surprise, uh, Us Sundun says, uh, surprised by no WoW. I'm sure that that'll hit me soon, but Mark is... Uh, is offline not doing their mafia stream tonight? Because normally you're like, all right, guys, last caller, last caller. We got what? That's happened once. You guys do mafia streams? Yeah, we have three mafia videos on our YouTube channel. You should check them out, dude. Oh, I like mafia, but uh, if it's not a stream, like I don't know about. A, is it is it the entire cut or is it edited? It's edited to get rid of like the boring parts where we're like talking in circles and stuff. So they're all like. But you gotta, you gotta have that in there. It's important, man. Well, then check out the uh, the full stream ones yeah. uh, on people's YouTube channel or on Twitch channels. Yeah, I need to. Uh, uh, my shoutouts plugs here at the end. I know we're re- we're way over time. Uh, the Omen or GG well, Good Game Well Played comes out on uh, Wednesday, the show that I'm doing with them in Biofrost. You guys might have seen the trailer earlier if you were around at the beginning of the show. Please check it out. Please help spread the word. Really want to prove that you can have a lot of stuff done and on just around one person. Secondly, uh, tomorrow I am filming the second set of interviews for a show that I am doing that's unannounced, but I love just talking about stuff that's unannounced that will hopefully debut next week. Um, and one of the interviews I did is a top 10 interview I've done in my career for me personally, one of my favorites. Um, so it's, it's a eight episode series. I'm going to be announcing it in the next uh, week or so. And hopefully the first episode will debut next week, but I'm really excited about this content. I think it's really good. Uh, other than that, thanks everyone for sticking around for watching the show. It's great to have Kelby here. Uh, great to have Mark. I guess. And uh, that's the show. Episode 38 is in the can.